1: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network.
2: What's up, everybody? This is the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, here, and you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style.
3: and Chris Samsa. On today's show, we'll be previewing Resurgence, reviewing the first few nights of the Super Junior Tag League, answering listener questions, and covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing and following the Social Suplex Podcast Network, or keeping it strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating interview. You can also get all the podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Pro Wrestling Tees store, com slash socialsuplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style T-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting com slash donate and click on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. This week's episode is brought to you by the NJPW EXT, the only browser extension for njpwworld.com with features like dark mode. Improved translations and layouts, custom and share playlists, synchronized viewing parties, and much, much more. It takes NJPW World to the next level. You can visit NJPWEXT.us today for details. Young boy Chris, how you guys doing?
4: Yo, hello. I
2: uh, awkward pause. I was gonna defer to my guest, you know. I
4: had to hit the mute button. Or un-unhit the mute button. I was over here burping. I had to, you know, had to clear the throat from our marathon session that I'm sure is ahead of us. He wasn't ready. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: I I figured we're gonna keep it short tonight. I mean, you know, I got a couple shows. We can breeze through those. You know,
4: I have never been on this podcast and not gone (laughs) for three hours. So I'm my body is ready (laughs) why do you keep coming on here (laughs) it's because i come on for the damn preview shows and you know we start the fantasy book and then it's all over dude the funniest thing
3: is like when we first started the show and we're just like you know man i wonder if it's going to be enough new japan to cover i think you know we'll try and do like an hour hour and a half every week maybe throw in some ring of honor if we have to, to fill time now, you know, almost 200 episodes later, we're, we're doing, you know, three hours almost every week. Easy.
2: <laughs> last week, we, only, we, we did a smooth two hours last week. I was proud of us.
3: Well, there a whole lot of, you know, shows to review. There's a lot of news to talk about, but not a lot of, to review last week.
2: Oh, well, you got a lot this week.
4: <laughs> <laughs> got the Super Junior Tag League. Oh, yeah, baby.
2: That's That's you know what? I've been pleasantly surprised. You know, it's been better than I anticipated.
4: Always pleasantly surprised with everything the juniors do. (laughs)
1: Always.
3: Well, before we talk about Super Junior Tag League, we're going to talk about Resurgence, which is coming up this Saturday. All three of us will be live in the building. All three of us in media credential. Be hanging out, enjoying some live New Japan action. We got a, a great card here. The show, like I was talking to Chris before we went on the air, this is a this car ended up being much better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I was still expecting a pretty good card, but was not expecting Ishii or Ace when this show was announced uh, a few weeks ago. So uh, let's take a look at the car. We can run through the car, preview this show, and I, I
2: listen, we're gonna have to establish something here. I usually don't speak i usually let chris go next chris is looking at me like are you gonna say something
4: <laughs> <laughs> what am i supposed to say about that he said what i said we were on the we <laughs> you you big league us, and you showed up late tonight listen so jeremy and i have already gone through this and he was re uh, recounting everything that he and i had talked about okay well so that's, kn- on, I- that's on you he shared my opinion for me I was in the restroom. Okay, <laughs>
2: you were literally
4: I, on camera. I I messaged
2: I messaged Jeremy. I made him very aware.
3: <laughs> well, all right, all right. So let's talk about <laughs> resurgence, guys. So show is going to open up. Well, first of all, show is airing 11 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Jeez, oh,
1: so late.
4: <laughs> We're all your East Coast time. I'm Central, so I'm looking at that like, oh my god, it's still
2: like 10 p.m. Like, for you, right?
4: Yeah, it's 10 p.m. for me. I mean, even listen, I'm the guy that gets up at 4 a.m. for G1 shows or whatever. But like, dang that's yeah. like california time yeah if you're
3: trying to watch this live get your energy drinks get your coffee ready take your your, your naps because yeah if you're, if you're on the east coast starting at 11 it's probably going to be a, at least two and a half hours maybe three hours show so yeah let's let's say it goes minimum. Well, so
4: that's 8 a.m in japan so like i guess that's kind of cool like that that's probably why they time like strong and, and this that way
2: I assumed that was probably part of it was yeah. that it might be favorable. But like, you know, if you're over here, it's probably going to upwards of like 2 a.m. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's
4: like, it's kind of like watching a UFC, uh, pay-per-view. Yeah.
2: Yes. But that's kind of like a built in. I mean, there's a market and audience for that. It, that's already like established. It's not like, uh, where they're trying to kind of re, regain a fo- foothold here, you know.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
4: Yeah. They just. There. It seems like New Japan is inclined to go with, you know, favorable local time, and then if that happens to land them with, you know, I guess uh, like normal waking hours in Japan, that's probably a big benefit.
3: Yeah. yeah. So show is going to open up. Well, first of all, she also mentioned uh, so live Japanese commentary on New Japan World. English commentary on Fight TV 1999 English on New Japan World will be up On tape delay uh, So I'm guessing maybe a few days later Um, So if you want to watch it live though English Fight TV 1999 Show is going to start There's going to be a special dark match At 7.30pm Pacific time Uh, Guys any predictions Or any guesses of what this special Dark match could be
2: Rambo (laughs) 36-minute Rambo. It's always it's always a Rambo. Why wouldn't it be a Rambo? Well, big show, big card, you know?
4: I'm trying to think of who's been around but isn't on the card. And, like, the card is full of all your typical guys from Strong, right, as well as some obviously special guests and things of the sort. So, But then I also wonder, like, if there's someone that they have worked with that can't be broadcast for some reason. Maybe, like, uh, you know, the, there's so many angles. Could be, like, the NXT uh,
2: release invitational. You bring in <laughs> Bronson Reed. You bring in Taylor <laughs> Russ, you know? <laughs> All those guys that got released, you bring them over,
4: you know? I don't think that 30 days are, are up, so. Yeah.
2: Oh, maybe it's a women's match, and that's why they can't air it.
4: Just because they, they
2: refuse to. But, you know, they want to <laughs> appease the local smarks who are going to be outraged outrage that there's no women on the show. Uh, we gave him a dark match. It's going to be like Allison Kay.
4: Is, yeah, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, in a non-COVID world, you would think, yeah, maybe you send some stardom women over, do a special stardom match. But they're in the middle of the five-star Grand Prix, and I'm sure there's travel issues there, you know, getting people out from that tournament to come here. So I don't think that's going to be the case.
0: It, Kevin, all...
3: Kevin Knight's not on the card,
4: is he? That's what I was going to say. In no. all seriousness,
2: yeah. it, 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 it's probably going to be... Uh... Did you guys wow. hear that? Yeah, we did. Wow. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, we we had a major. Uh, Jeremy, you see that picture I sent that w- looked like a. I thought a tornado was touching down by the house. It was kind of crazy. Um, yeah, so excuse the noise, but uh, yeah, all those all the do- dojo boys that are not on the card, they're all you know prime candidates.
4: It could be like Kevin Knight versus the DKC. Yeah, that's right. Like, so, you know, just a, a young lion singles match because, like, you know, as you go into the card, you kind of build out, and you've got. Uh, Alex Coglin o- over here, but um, I think I, I think that's probably the likely scenario. Just kind of a warm up thing. Yeah, maybe be- Okada. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, in his in black trunks, <laughs> getting getting warmed up for Okada Omega Five at all out. I'm pretty sure we're getting Cobb
2: Okada on the dark match here.
3: <laughs> yeah, just you know. Give, give us a little taste for the uh, Russell Grand Slam.
4: Just make it, a tri- make it a trilogy. Just a preview, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about what's going to be actually on the card. So the official card is going to kick off with Carl Fredericks answering the challenge from Alex Coughlin. Coughlin has been doing this uh, challenge series on NJPW Strong. He's faced off against Josh Alexander and PJ Black. And now he's facing off against one of his L.A. dojo peers, the Alpha Wolf Carl Fredericks. What do you guys think about this one?
4: This is his third labor?
3: Yes, the, the third labor of Coughlin. Nice.
4: I think, it, you know, it gets Fredericks on the card, even though he hasn't had a ton going on lately. And I think it might get him back kind of in the swing of things. And then Coglin's as close to ready to go as, as I would imagine. I don't know that he excursions. Like I don't, I don't know where you go from this situation. Wow. Um, it's storming over here,
2: guys. I, I invoked the name Kazushiko Okada, right? <laughs>
4: <laughs> the rainmaker,
2: the rainmaker, buddy.
4: But I think Coglin. I mean, like this is his equivalent to, uh, well, maybe not equivalent, but you, you know the the Uemura and, and Suji series. So. Um, it at least is a, is kind of a parallel. So I think it, this will be a fun match. I mean, both these guys can go. Uh, I know Fredericks has been you know wrestling in some Indies and stuff too. So um, I'm excited to see him in front of a in front of a crowd again.
2: Uh, keep it short. Big fan of both of these guys. Uh, they've had some great matches against each other in the past. So you know, obviously they're in different parts of their career at this point. Um, but kind of echoing the sentiments of Chris here, just you know, it's kind of a parallel of what we saw with Suji Nibora recently, what Alex Coglin's going through, and uh, really look forward to seeing this match, you know, kind of unfold and kind of see Coglin prove himself. You know,
3: yeah, should be a very fun opener. Uh, Fredericks has the the winning record in their one on one matches. Fredericks is, uh, has three wins against Coglin. They have one draw. Um, so good chemistry in the matches they had previously in Japan and. You know, this is going to be a, it's another stepping stone for Coglin's graduation. So we move down the card. We have a six-man tag with Fred Rosser, Rocky Romero, and Wheeler, Utah, taking on Clark Connors, Ren Narita, and TJP. A uh, few story elements to point out here. Uh, on the Clark Connors team, we've seen Clark Connors and TJP been having some uh, miscommunication and uh, just some uh, just some issues as they've, they've teamed up recently on strong. And then also you have uh, Ren Narita having some issues with uh, Fred Rosser this past week on strong. And we've also seen Clark Connors and Rocky Romero had some issues as well. So a lot of tension built up with a lot of the men in this matchup here.
2: One other uh, interesting piece of, you know, or something that was interesting that happened recently, something of note. Um, when Rocky Romero and Fred Ross are teamed together on the most recent Strong, they seem to have been stringing together particular like double team moves that almost implied like a cohesiveness. Maybe we're going to see them working together uh, again in the future. They kind of alluded to that during the post match comments. So while you've got sort of like the team of um, TJP and Connors, you know, having issues, it seems like Rosser and Rocky Romero are a little bit—they're gelling together a little bit better than the other side.
3: Mm, yeah that's a good point
4: yeah i mean this will this again it's gonna be a fun six-man match i think um i think we'll see connor's featured because i think he's the guy that we want to highlight out of this this group um and then of course you're gonna get some story advancement i think in in regards to some of these um kind of interpersonal pieces right so like you know, Connors and TJP have had this kind of longstanding thing. Right. So hopefully you see some advancement here on a, uh, you know, on a, a bigger stage. Right. And then, you know, I'm excited to see Fred Rosser. I'm excited to see him, you know, work in, in the flesh and see, you know, what he's really got going on for him. And, um, but yeah, Mr. I mean, no also, days off, Mr. no <laughs> days off. He's been great on strong. Um, and I'm sure he's angling for a larger role with new Japan as he should. And, um, you know, I, I you know, I would love to see him get a get a good tour in, in Japan, but um, you know, maybe World Tag League with uh with Rocky. Maybe Rocky can can bulk up and, and go heavyweight for, for, for some WTL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and
3: something else too we have to keep in mind as we are previewing this match is that there are the strong tapings that will be happening on Monday the sixteenth. So I'm sure some of the, the stuff that we see here in these multi man, some of the matches are gonna you know kind of peeled into what can possibly take place at those strong tapings
2: yeah Chris you're gonna be at those uh, tapings we're, we're gonna have
4: to uh, go home before then, so we're kind of jealous of you you know I've slap the mute on Twitter so you don't get spoiled <laughs> I'm just kidding I would never gonna send out the scoops
3: <laughs> the
4: scoops <laughs> well if if you do
2: anything like that I'm going to tell the office and then they're gonna pull a JJ on you okay I'm tell the
4: office <laughs> The office who knows I'll be there. (laughs) Yeah,
2: they know your face. They'll have pictures of you ready to go. They'll make you delete all the photos off your camera, and they'll kick you out and ban you from life. Kind of like posting gifts. Yes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, really looking forward to this match. Uh, Not sure what to expect, but like you mentioned, Jeremy, I'm sure with all these guys being regulars and strong and so many story elements kind of on the surface there, we'll kind of get a better feeling for... What the conflict is between certain characters going into the next set of tapings?
3: Yeah, so we move on to the next matchup. We have another multi-man matchup here. We have the Violence Unlimited team of Brody King and the Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson teaming up with Fred Yehai, Leo Rush, and Yuamora y- y- coming to the U.S. for excursion. They'll be taking on the newly boosted up Team Filthy, Danny Limelight jarell nelson jr Kratos, royce isaacs and filthy tom Lawler. so this past week on strong the west coast wrecking crew of jarell nelson and royce isaacs have joined team filthy team filthy upping their numbers here
2: yeah team filthy is interesting you know we've talked about like over the past few years people are always asking us about like stables new japan like What one guy would you switch for this one, one guy over into this group? You know, if you had to change, you know, one leader of a group, what would you do? And very rarely is there too much, um, you know, turnover in groups. But like Team Filthy is like, they're just going through the members already. Like this, this group's like changed more in like six months than most of the other stables in New Japan have in like six years.
3: Yeah, and it's, it's been kind of that way for wherever Team Filthy's at. I've seen a lot of Team Filthy in an MLW and just the way their contracts are set up and the way people get signed. Uh, Team Filthy has changed so much over the years in MLW, too.
4: I'm more intrigued by the, the kind of, I guess, the violence unlimited side of this. I mean, like, some of these wrestlers are some of my favorite guys going right now. I mean, Dickinson and uh, Brody King's been, on, you know, on fire every every time he's showed up on Strong. Curious to see what Leo Rush is up to, you know, in his I guess retirement phase. Um, <laughs> Fred Fredyai <laughs> is awesome. Uh, Fred Yehai shows up in AAW in, in Chicago all the time. He's he's incredible, and uh, I was excited to see I added to this. So it looks like Uemura would be spending some time in the U.S. Uh, as the beginning of his excursion, at least. And that's my boy. I mean, that's that's the guy I would I would mortgage my future for. So. Um, uh- that side is is that side I think is going to be fun to watch. So, but you know, obviously the team the team Filthy side is kind of the the team, right? So you got to expect that maybe they've got something up their sleeve that they can uh, they can they can work it out better than kind of a I guess a, a little bit of a mishmash of the the other side of the of the ring. I would tend to agree with you, but I think the
2: um, constant rotation of guys with Team Filthy is kind of at play here. Like, yeah. Uh, you know west coast wrecking crew are part of team filthy but they only just joined at the tail end of the last episode so they're almost you know a completely new unit as well so it's not like they're super uh you know familiar with one another you know as far as tag teaming goes
3: yeah i think another thing to look out for too is the the kind of slow burn that they've been doing with leo rush and filthy tom lawler you know after lawler Had his last defense. Uh, Leo Rush kind of came face to face to him in the post match comments. And then this Friday on strong in the main event, Leo Rush will be teaming up with Crawford to take on Filthy Tom and Danny Limelight. So clearly kind of playing some seeds there for potentially a Leo Rush, Tom Lawler strong title match, which will probably happen at those strong tapings. So maybe Leo pulls an upset win here, pins Filthy Tom or pins somebody on the team, Filthy team to add more claim to him being the next challenger
2: yeah it's gonna be interesting i i kind i saw the lineup for friday but for some reason didn't register i'm like oh yeah like we're gonna have to consume that you know a day before we go see the show to kind of be caught up with exactly what's going on with this feud because prior to that match, there's only been the one face-off that was literally post-match. And, like, if you turned off the show at the end of the match, you might have even missed it, you know? And since then, there's been no mention of, you know, that stare down and that challenge. And now, like you mentioned, they're facing off in tag team action the Friday night before this, and then in this uh, 10-man tag. So, uh, like you mentioned, kind of a slow burn there.
4: It should be a fun one, though. I like a big like a big multi-man
2: The only thing that would have made this better is had they done the Josh Smith special and gone 10-man elimination elimination rules over the top rope because I love that. Actually, you know what? Lately, I I haven't loved it in New Japan, but some of those classic ones from the 80s, yeah, give me that. Um, The other thing too, you know, keep in mind, the ongoing rivalry between Violence Unlimited and Team Filthy, that's also at play here. So a bit of history as well. Really looking forward to this one, and especially since it does have the strong open way champion and, you know, the main kind of controlling uh, faction involved here. I, I expect maybe even a few stories to kind of blossom out of this match going into the tapings.
3: Yeah. Uh, two questions for you guys before we move on. First, what are you guys' thoughts on the fact of not having Filthy Tom defend the title on a big show like this here in the U.S.?
4: Well, I think he's gonna. I think we kind of pegged it. He's probably gonna defend on the the taping the next night. Um, it's not a strong show. I don't know. Yeah, that's you know. True. I mean, that's that's kind of what it comes down to. Is like this is not an episode of Strong. This is a this is a different show. And I think that that's where that title slotted. That title slotted for Friday nights on NJPWWorld.com. Kind of like a, a TV title. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it, I wouldn't put it past it, kind of, you know, coming out of that at some point. But I think for right now, that's that is where it lives, and I think that that is kind of a a cool feature of that show is that that's the that's the the thing that you go after on that on those tapings or at that show.
2: Um, I I don't totally agree. I would say this. I think um, at some point down the line, I can almost guarantee as that title kind of gets established, there will be some big show out there where the strong title is utilized. I just feel that that's it. That's the future for it. Um, greedily, I did kind of want and hope and expect for them to do the strong title match on the resurgence show. Uh, but from a business perspective, they don't need it. You know, this show sold out, they've got four tickets remaining. Um, it's a super strong lineup. And you know, they're going to basically turn around and use that as one of the highlights, like Chris mentioned for the strong tapings, which makes sense. Uh, so, you know, as, as much as I'm disappointed, not being able to get kind of get that live. Cause I feel like had we had that considering like the list of singles matches we had, if you like put that on here, you're talking about like pushing this over to like show of the year kind of contendership. It's not maybe going to be quite that, but I'm fine with it because, it, you know, business sense, it makes, you know, it makes the most sense from a business perspective.
3: Yeah, and I agree with both of you guys. I guess my only uh, kind of argument against it or argument to have him on the, a singles match would have been, you know, there's probably a lot of fans who've kind of checked out of New Japan. And you got this first big U.S. show. You got, you know, Tanahashi Ishii. A lot of fans are going to be checking this show out. It might have been good to be like, look, here's a strong open weight champion, Filthy Tom. He's been killing it having a title match to kind of get fans more educated on the title and get a, qu- a cool title match. But I guess that they can accomplish that in the 10-man tag and kind of the announcers. I'm sure Kevin Kelly will do a great job explaining all the back history and explaining how Tom became champion. So should be good. Well, well, that's
2: a task that's in front of them. So, you know, they can't just go out there and have a, a by-the-numbers 10-man tag when this kind of audience is watching and when there's so much writing on it, like, you know, every time you have that many new viewers watching, it really falls on them to to showcase the best guys in the best light.
3: Yeah. Uh, then my second question, real quick, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but thoughts on Yu Yu Amora doing his excursion in the United States.
4: I where I kind of where else. I mean, obviously we know Suji's in. The UK is heading to RevPro. So I I didn't think they were going to send them both to the same place, and there's not a lot going on in Mexico right now. So the U.S. is – it makes the most sense. There's probably the most to do here too. I mean, to be honest, like with all the relationships that it built, he could pop up in Impact. He could pop up on AEW Dark. He's going to do probably a bunch of strong tapings or any of the the U.S. shows. So – it it makes the most sense. It's he's got the most work to do here. Chris made a lot of great points. I won't uh,
2: you know, reverberate all those, but one extra piece of this is the very fact that he's gonna be in that LA dojo. And, you know, people have kind of compared him to like Tanahashi and Fujinami and all these guys from the past. And I'm like, but let's inject some Shibataism into this boy. You know what I'm saying? Like once we get some Shibata into him, like, yes, (laughs) there's no telling, like, what a violent (laughs) Yuya Yimora is gonna be like, like a blood-hungry, like, you know, just war-thirsting like, fucking killer, like, I can't wait, I hope that that's exactly what comes out of this.
3: Yeah, I I think the U.S. was a great spot, you know, we've had several questions the last couple weeks asking where do we think these guys are gonna end up, and we, you know, kind of highlight the U.S., um, it's one of the hot spots to go, like, You mentioned Chris. There's Impact, Dark. There's a ton of West Coast Indies. There's a ton of places these guys can end up, and I think it'll be very beneficial for you. More, he's going to be on some of the strong tapings coming up, and so I think the U.S. is going to be a great place for him to get a lot of experience. Like you mentioned, Josh being under the eye of Shibata has to be you know excellent things for his career. Very exciting. So then we move on our next matchup on the car, which was announced out of nowhere last week. The Stone Pit Bull, big time, Tomohiro Ishii will be taking on Moose. And this is not the first time that these guys have faced off in a singles action. These guys faced back in the day in Ring of Honor in 2016, where Ishii got a victory over Moose during one of those co-branded tours. So, running it back a few years later, guys, we're getting the Stone Pitbull in a singles match against Moose. What do you, how do you feel about this one?
4: I mean, I was shocked when this got announced. Um, just honestly, for the fact of Ishii coming in, but then also, you know, booking Moose on the show. Um, this should be fun. This should be a good, This I mean, this is a match that you look at these two dudes on paper and honestly, their recent body of work, and you got to figure, like, there's, there's they're gonna hit the hell out of each other, um, and it's it, the the styles of both of them should should be pretty complementary. So I'm I think this is gonna be a really good time. Yeah, the prospects
2: of the match are super exciting. It kind of reminds me of some of those uh, ROH um, New Japan like in the middle of the card Super Show type of matches, you like, know, like,
3: like a Ishii versus and uh, Martinez kind of thing.
2: Exactly. That's exactly what I was getting to. That sort of thing. So very, very exciting. Um, Stylistically, it's just going to be off the hook. Ishii is going to beat the shit out of Moose. It's going to be so cool. Um, Moose, though, you know, the very fact that he's on this card kind of probably means that maybe there's going to be more uh, of him in the future. Based on the impact, like partnership, and I'm not opposed to that at all. He's like one of the few guys in New Japan or in Impact that I'm like, yeah, he gels really well with you know the New Japan sort of uh vibe. So, really looking forward to this match.
3: Yeah, this should be you know our never style, hard hitting Haas matchup here. Moose has been looking great in Impact, had a great match with Kenny Omega recently. So, yeah, I'm expecting. Heavy hits, you know, Ishii told us he, he loves to smash, and it's expect exactly what I'm expecting. <laughs> these guys, these two bulls, are going at it. Um, you know, Josh, you made, mentioned a good point. Um, this could open the door for Moose to do more things in New Japan. Uh, we had a question from Dom Homie 101. Is it possible that this match could be a setup for Moose's G1 appearance?
2: Maybe in, like, three years. <laughs> 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 he's got he's got to work his way up like you know if he beats like your yuji rose and your chase Owenses and hanma and he gets above those guys then maybe he could earn contendership into a g1 in like 2023
4: <laughs> if if travel wasn't so challenging to get into japan specifically um it wouldn't surprise me given the current circumstances if we saw someone like moose entered into the g1 um but i i just don't think that that's feasible currently right Uh, right so like it wouldn't surprise me if you saw moose on one block and then i don't know some sort of kind of mid-level heavyweight from AEW on another block right right so um that wouldn't that wouldn't have shocked me to see those kind of people entered into the the tournament but unless they had that ball rolling a long time ago um i don't think that that's Feasible this year, or unless they're doing a a U.S. block, which I I don't think they're doing. That's not a real thought.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure what the the current Impact taping schedules are. I know he just recently re-signed with Impact, and I know he's a kind of a key player in a lot of the stuff they do. So I'm not sure if he'd be able to to miss time from from Impact. I don't know if the taping schedule work out where he could come over or not. Probably not, so I'm not expecting Moose this year. I would expect probably Moose on strong. We have a lot of strong tapings coming up, and especially if he gets a win here somehow, that could potentially have him on strong. Maybe he challenges Filthy Tom in the future.
2: Well, that was going to be the next point that I was going to make, and you you kind of brought it up there, Jeremy. I mean, uh, my knee-jerk reaction is Ishii beats Moose, because, you know, it's Ishii. He's longtime established star in New Japan, and, you know, sometimes in these sort of uh, matches that don't really have, like, stakes involved. He usually comes out on top. He only really loses when it matters, it seems like. Um, But if I'm New Japan and I don't have a strong contender for Filthy Tom Lawler, let's say, for the next set of tapings, and especially since it's going to be live in front of fans, and I want people to be clamoring for whoever it is that's challenging for the strong title next... I might have Moose beat Ishii to give him an instant boost of credibility and make him an initial contender for that strong title day one. Mm. Um, I don't know that that's how what they're going to do. I think if I, either guy can afford the loss because it's again it's kind of low stakes either way, and it's not like Moose. It's not like anyone's getting damaged here. Like if they want to keep using Moose after that, it'd be fine but if i if i want to get him ready for one of those like uh what are the next the Texas or Philly tapings like right out the gate you have him be Ishii clean and i kind of think they might do that
4: yeah it it wouldn't surprise me if moose wins this cuz it's Ishii. right <laughs> <laughs> right he's going well that's but that's the thing he's he in america especially like he's immune to this like he's immune to a loss like He'll get his big wins, and he, you know, he got he beat J right. in the G. He beat J White in the G one last year, etc., etc., right? But like, he also he'll take a loss, and it it'll mean something, especially with the crowd. I mean, the, that crowd's gonna be nuts for Tomohiro Ishii. Like, they're gonna be all and Moose better work heel, right? So like, right. <laughs> like because if he doesn't, he's doing it wrong. But um, yeah, this should be, um. I think Moose should win this. I think that's the more interesting prospect going forward.
2: Oh, man. We've talked ourselves
4: into watching fucking EG
2: lose live. Like, <laughs> I don't like this. No, well, I, don't. I figure he
4: gets his win back in somewhere or another at the strong tapings. And, and since you guys are booking it, I'm sorry. Like, I'm at least I'll be there for that.
3: I was going to go with uh, Big Tom getting the win here since he is confirmed for strong tapings. We don't know if Moose will be mm. up on those tapings or not. Ah. So, so going with EG going well,
1: here.
2: Well, if you wanted to heat, if Ishii's sticking around and you want to heat him up for a strong title shot against Lawler, mm. you have him, you
4: have him beat Moose. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fun uh, match though.
3: Yeah. Tom and you, Moose. Yeah, Tom versus Tom.
4: Match. That's fine.
2: Oh, uh, I, I would, I would mark so <laughs> hard for Tom Lawler against Tomohiro Ishii.
3: Oh my God. Big Tom versus filthy Tom. Book it. <laughs> Uh but let's move on to the next matchup here. We have the finessers of the year, the good brothers, Doc Gallows, and Machine Gun Carl Anderson going against the deaf rider, John Moxley, and a mystery partner. Did have a request here. I heard it was
2: Seth Rollins.
3: <laughs> uh you mean Tyler Black?
2: Uh y- yeah
3: did have a request here from the reddit user uh the peaky blinder he says if it's not too late could I please put out a request for your impression of Eugene Nagata saying Mr. John Moxley you were saying it on a (laughs) weekly basis, and then it stopped it was spot on and believe it I believe it's a tradition that should continue much like saying Ichiban at the end of the show so guys who do you think is going to be the partner for Mr. John Moxley against the good brothers
2: well I mean I'll I guess I'll go first because I've I've mentioned it on the show for a few weeks now. I'm pretty confident it's going to be Sammy Callahan. Uh, There are other options, and there's other theories out there, but to me, I think he's the guy that's going to be the tag team partner. It's just my gut instinct.
4: The only other guy that I don't see on this card that you could (laughs) weave into this is Juice Robinson Um, because he's not wrestling on the card. I assume he's going to corner Finley, but he's got some history with moxley maybe you know i don't know you work it out but
1: he's got some history
4: with anderson gallows
2: he could he could wrestle and then also still corner sure and get that double pay
4: (laughs) that double pay yeah (laughs) Yeah. well he's got his manager's license right yeah
3: go to the pay window twice
4: yeah, I mean, juice Robinson didn't like
2: go to the California State Athletic Commission and get his manager's <laughs> license. Of course he did.
4: So that's my that's my only thought here. I mean, I, I'd rather be super surprised with somebody uh, less obvious, you know, someone that's not announced for the show, but not on the, not on the card, um, which is, you know, they announced juice is one of the talent that is coming in. Obviously, this was probably going to be shooter. But and maybe it wasn't even going to be a surprise if it was show to Umino, but he can't get it into the country, so um, you know, now we're we're faced with X, and hopefully X is fun, hopefully, it's someone cool. Maybe it's Nick Gage, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, it could that, that it could be,
3: yeah, um, you there that California scene, I know GCW, I think they had a show there recently. Uh, you just had PWG there. There could be some of those guys kind of lingering around. You could have like a Luchador pop up <laughs> randomly on this show. Um, but, I mean,
2: there's always Eddie Kingston as well.
3: Yeah, which we did uh, get pointed out from the Pure Reporter on Twitter saying, "Why do y'all think X? Who do y'all think X is going to be?" And why is it Eddie Kingston? But uh, Twitter follower just a little bear one pointed out that Kingston is booked for a show in New York the same day, so I don't think it'll be Eddie Kingston.
2: Nice sleuthing. Well, I mean, you know, like Chris Jericho had that concert and then Tony Khan put him on a fr- private jet and he showed up as Pentagon Junior. So I mean, who's to say, you know, that the IWGB committee hasn't shelled out the big bucks to make sure Kingston's at the show. You know what I'm saying?
4: <laughs> yes. He so. works
2: opening he works the opener of the Rinky Dink show in New York and then jumps on a private jet, you know?
4: And that's why the show had to start at eight. <laughs> yeah yeah that obari money that's i'm trying to work the math out of whether or not that's even possible i'm sure it's not
2: if 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 the if the show in new york starts at like 6 p.m eastern time i mean there's plenty of time he works the opener jumps on the plane it could be him he could do it
4: that's a fast
2: jet oh yeah well you know the iwgp spares no expense (laughs) When it comes to Eddie Kingston (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um, I I think I don't know just Kind of gut feeling I'm feeling Sammy Callahan uh, as a partner Here just based off of Impact's involvement on this show and He has issues with the the super Elite on impact right now He's had a six man tag last week so uh, Him and Moxley Former team to switch blades on the indies back Of the day uh, so, yeah, I'm going with a with a uh, switchblade or union here with them against the good brothers. And I'm going with Moxley and his partner winning.
4: Oh, they've got to win this, right? I know. So, yeah, I that... mean, Anderson and Gallows have hardly lost anything um, since. Yeah, but
2: but Moxley never loses. Sometimes. Sometimes.
4: Oh, he lost to Toriano.
2: <laughs> yeah but i mean that's toriano that's he's an agent of chaos like anybody could lose to him
4: i loved i mean this is completely a tangent but i loved the booking of Mox's g1 where like he came out super hot and then they were like but it's the g1 he's gonna lose a bunch at the end and, and then he did and it was awesome it was like the perfect way to book his g1 my, my favorite you want him to look strong but also not win the damn thing
3: my favorite thing about that was Josh just, like, freaking out that Moxley was winning so much, and he was so pissed that Moxley so beat pissed. beat Ishii <laughs> and, like, steamrolled him. I was like, "Bro, this is great." He's like, "What the hell?" Bro, he just beat Ishii. He eating, He's beating everybody. He everybody this <laughs> this fed This guy from New York is coming in our territory, beating all our guys.
2: <laughs> oh god, we we need to find that audio. It's so funny. Um. Oh. No, no, the funniest part of it was like when we we're in a group chat and um our friends this what 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 year is that? 2019, 2018? Yeah.
3: 2019.
2: 20 yeah so by 2019 you know tai chi that's his first like g1 but he'd already like kind of heated up but for the guy for the guys that kind of just parachute in tai chi's still in their mind by 2019 he's still like 2017 2016 tai chi and i was like yeah tai chi could maybe beat john moxley in the g1 and they're like are you smoking rocks what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with <laughs> so, like, tai chi's not beating no mox and i'm like bro it's the G1. He absolutely, I'm not saying he will, but he could. And then Mox went out there and squashed that man <laughs> so hard. And everyone's like, see, see, this man's talking about how he could beat Tai Chi. I'm like, but Tai Chi's been good this year, guys. <laughs> it was embarrassing.
4: Oh, man. You got to get out of these group chats, man.
2: <laughs> but it was with our friends, like our personal close friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, anyway so yeah mox and uh
3: yeah whoever
2: he's with i think they're winning yeah hopefully <laughs> uh it would suck to yeah. watch the good brothers win on the
3: big show yeah i mean but they did just win tag team turbulence
2: yeah that's that's for them
4: i have to come out t- with their fists <laughs> <laughs> their fists <to> their, their
3: <laughs> high school amateur wrestling fist trophies
4: <laughs> awesome Uh-oh. they will you know they're gonna have those dumb oh, trophies. yeah they have to well- well, the next
2: match of the night is double main
1: event
3: <laughs> Yeah, we have two main events this night. So double main event number one for the never open weight title. Switchblade Jay White will be defending against David Finley. And of course, this match, you, you might forgot this came about with David Finley getting that big upset win in the New Japan Cup, eliminating Jay White in an awesome uh, matchup. Uh, so this match was, seemed like it was slotted for Wrestle Grand Slam um, back in May. But we're finally getting here, getting it here. Long story rivalry between these two going back to their Young Lion days. they uh got a record of 10-2. and two. Jay has 10 wins over Finley. Finley's only beaten him twice. But do you guys think Finley can pull another upset here and take home the Never Openweight Championship? I believe this will be his first singles championship, right, if he wins this. It
4: would be. Maybe I mean that the New Japan Cup match was great. Uh, Finley looks awesome in it. Uh, Jay White, you know, how long does he hold on to the Never Openweight Championship? Like, I don't know. I mean, he's kind of just holding it and it's dormant right now. So they're not. They haven't. He hasn't done much with it because he's been in the U.S. So, but maybe this is his opportunity to you know get a good defense under his belt and then kind of take it on the road. So I. This could go either way, really. Depends where we where we want to head with it, but um, I think I think it's kind of a toss up. It's more of a toss up than it would have been before Finley beat Jay in the New Japan Cup. Yeah, I, I
2: mostly agree. I'm still kind of holding on to the idea that management intends for the Never Openweight title to kind of be the main secondary belt, but like you mentioned, Chris, it's been kind of dormant, so. Maybe those plans are maybe maybe plans have changed, you know, um, so, so I don't know exactly that does open up the possibility that Dave Finley could beat him. And that'd be quite a moment, uh, you know, especially considering their history and the feud and how many times he's been beaten by Jay White. But uh, I'm going to go with the old adage, you know, death taxes and Jay White beats Dave Finley.
3: Yeah, I'm also going to go with Jay White getting the win over Finley here just based off of some of the stuff they've been doing at Impact. So a lot of this match has been built up on Impact TV. Uh, you had uh, Chris Bay getting involved here as a, as Bayblade has been feuding against Finjuice on Impact. And uh, it just seems like they're kind of pushing Jay White and trying to make him you know, hot in the U.S. And especially with the Bullet Club, getting Chris Bay in Bullet Club. So I think uh Jay White will get the win here, kinda of be the, the top name on these strong tapings, defend that never title. Uh we mentioned earlier about Juice second in Finley. I think it's a possibility that we could see uh Chris Bay second Jay White here, um, kind of establish him as a Bullet Club member. Maybe he even helps Jay gets the win and we see this storyline continue to play out
4: on Impact TV. So then that's plausible. Yeah. That's probably the likely scenario. (laughs) Spoiler. Now we go to
3: double main event number two for the IWGP United States heavyweight title. The murder hawk monster Lance Archer will defend against the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi. First time these guys are meeting since the G1 in 2019 Overall, these guys have faced each other three times. Tanahashi has beaten Archer all three times. Uh, Tanahashi looking okay. to bring the U.S. title back to Japan here.
2: Why is this the main event? Because um, it's the L-A. ace of the
1: universe? Yeah,
2: like, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the last time I saw a card in America with both of these guys, Tanahashi was tapping out in the mid-card, and you know, Jay White was selling out MSG. I don't understand. I thought... I thought he was the big draw here in America, Jay White.
3: Correction: The last time we saw the Ace was here Would in Tampa. A and, oh. yeah. I
2: said both of these men.
3: <laughs> Archer the was there. Archer was, Archer was Archer was there too on that I'm card. Talking
2: about, I'm talking about Jay White. You know, Jay White needs to be in the main event. He's, <laughs> he's the draw, right? That's what they
4: told me.
3: You've been worked, sir. <laughs> <laughs>
4: To be you know, to be you- honest though, this so this show was almost was very close to sold out before they announced Hiroshi Tanahashi on it. Anyway,
1: that so, is true. That is true. That
4: is that true. true. And, and Jay White's match was the first match and the only match uh, announced for a little while there. So that, that is true. You know, I'll 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 play into that narrative. <laughs> I, could, I can I can I can back that. So and Tanahashi comes in and takes the credit for putting it over the edge. And,
1: <laughs> Jeremy, you know. before
2: but when you were giving your prediction at the end of the last thing, you should have said. That's not a prediction, ladies and gentlemen. That's a promise.
3: <laughs> That's not a prediction. A That's a spoiler.
2: <laughs> yeah, this match is going to be awesome. Um, the last time I saw these two guys wrestle, that G1 match, it was just freaking awesome. Um, I'm expecting Lance Archer like to just go all out the way he did in the G1 a couple years ago. Big show. You know, wrestling the Ace in a high-profile, high-stakes match, like, this is going to be just so, so great. And, um you know, the last time I saw Tanahashi in a singles match live, you know, I had to see him, you know, eat the Rainmaker, and I didn't like that. So <laughs> I want to I want to see him high-fly flow. I want to see him do the Aces high. I want to see him uh, play the air guitar at the end of the night, you know, do the
4: air hugs. I'm, I'm ready for it. Yes, yeah, send us home happy um i think this match is gonna be awesome i think that these guys uh i think archer's been really good in in AEW, but i'm i'm excited to see him back in a uh i don't know a little bit more of a traditional wrestling role right where he's gotta step up a little bit right because he's good he's really good at that um Every time I've seen Archer live and and he comes and does warrior wrestling and in, in Chicago and I saw him in New York with New Japan, like he is so good. He's good with the crowd. He's good, you know, regardless of kind of which role he's playing. Right. Champion, challenger, um, good guy, bad guy, et cetera. So like he's just he's fun to be in the same building with. He's a nice dude. Um, I'm excited to see him come out in a main event in America on a New Japan show with a title. Um, I think that that's awesome. It's awesome for him. I love that he won that match against Moxley because I, I had a feeling that it was setting something up like this. I didn't think it was going to be Tanahashi, but, yo, I'll take it. So, But I do think that this is how we get the U.S. championship, the IWGP U.S. championship back to Japan so that they have another single set to work with because uh, as we, you know, kind of discussed the Never open weight title's gonna hang out in america for a little while with jay white or or david finley either either of those guys they're both booked on all those strong tapings um so either way that never open wage ch- championship is not coming back to japan just just yet so i think you know in order to get another singles championship in japan not not that they necessarily need it during g1 season but it is nice to have a couple of guys coming out with belts and you can set some stuff up with that that big tournament so I think Tanahashi wins. I think we go home happy. I think Lance Archer puts on a show and I think uh, hopefully his relationship is still good with new Japan and he can continue on that way. I think this was a really cool sign that he won that title on an AEW show and he gets to come and do this show in America, you know, where he's been pretty important to this brand for uh, a couple of years now, at least.
3: Yeah. Excellent points there, Chris. Absolutely agree. If you guys, I think the ACE is going to win the U S title, like you mentioned, that never title is going to be probably here in the U.S. I think these titles are going to, you know, flip flop. You know, we've had the U.S. title stuck here in the states for so long, while the never title was in Japan, and now I think we're going to see that the roles reversed with the never title being here stateside, U.S. title being in Japan. They can use that. You know, we've talked about the extensive schedule they're running. They could always use some hot main events. You could use that U.S. title. In the main events and a lot of these shows they're doing. They got these dome shows coming up. Uh nothing announced yet for uh Tanahashi. Um you, you could have Tanahashi come back, do a big US title match on those shows. Tanahashi do some other stuff uh building up to G one and again just have him as a champion in there. Somebody could beat him in the G one. You set up a match for the Tokyo dome with that US title.
2: Yeah, this man Tanahashi finagled his way back into the number two. Uh, title spot. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> you know, we don't know, but it did. So, you know, great to see that. Uh, earlier today, I was, uh, I, I heard from our good friend, Karen, she said, I can't wait for uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi to become the president of the United States, or no, 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 what did she say? I have to like, look it up. I'm, I'm botching it. She said, "I look forward to hopefully our new IWGP US Heavyweight President."
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man!
2: So, so that's so, uh, and I concur. Yeah. yeah. So Tanahashi went in on the big stage. I can't wait.
3: Uh, we had a question here from Reduser P and ninety one. Do you think we see any big surprise announcements or debuts at Resurgence? I think the last time NJPW had any big debut was Dominion 2019, which I was there live for, where Kenta was introduced by Shibata and Kenta saying he was joining New Japan for the G1.
2: I don't put it past them. Um, This is the first show with fans in the U.S. They've got uh, a series of big tapings on the horizon. And the idea that they might have new people introduced via storyline or, you know, what what have you, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they did something like that.
4: I think this is our best shot at doing something big and making a splash and if someone, someone's going to show up, someone's going to show up, right? I mean, like, here's the other thing, like, Moxley's already uh, planted the seed for Tanahashi's situation, so maybe that's a stare down that happens at the end of the show. Right. And maybe that's right. um, That 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 happens sometime soon on one of those big AEW shows or, you know, like that's not necessarily a surprise. Like that's just an angle. But, um, you know, that's kind of what I hope for. I don't know. I mean, the only other people that could show up are Kenny and the Young Bucks. Right. And like, man,
3: that's what I was going to say. I was gonna say, like, and
4: like, <laughs> listen, like, if that happens, all, all bets are off, right? Yeah,
3: because I mean, um, the Bucks live in California. Kenny, he has uh, Triple Mania next weekend. He's got to be in Mexico to face Andrade. He can be in California, hop the border over the next day for for Triple Mania. You could have the elite backing up the good brothers, or maybe you know, Jay White confronted Kenny after his last big match. Maybe you have Kenny confront Jay White after he beat David Finley.
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't thought of that. But, I mean, when you, when you think of the possibility, I mean, why did they tease Kenny and Jay White if they're not going to move forward with it? That would be something if, like, if just Kenny just showed up, you know, and crashed his party the same way that he did to him on Impact. That would make a huge
4: wave. Oh, my God. I'm like, my heart's like – <laughs> The the pure yeah, too, like, But the, wouldn't that be the main event, the la, the the real main event then though?
2: No, 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 because all he'd be doing is making is just walking out.
4: I know it don't you usually do that at the end of the show? No, that, they I mean I got, know you I know you can do it in the middle, right? But like if you got Kenny Omega showing back up at a new Japan show, isn't that the thing you go off the air with? No, nah, that's how stacked this show is.
1: You
4: know? <laughs> that's how stacked this show is.
2: Um the other thing too is like, you know, obviously we're getting a Mr. X now. Mr. X could be Mr. New Japan, or it could be <laughs> someone. I don't, what what I mean is like someone who works for New Japan, or it could be Mr. Outside. You know, you know, person that's debuting that we don't even know who it is, and like we're all kind of blown away, and like, oh fuck, you know, it's uh, Braun Strowman. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> It's that the fiend. Kind of awesome. <laughs> here comes. Here comes. Yeah. What wh- what could he be instead of the fiend? Like, I don't
3: know. The ghoul. <laughs> yeah. The,
2: it's the ghoul. <laughs> With the rotunda.
3: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, another partner I just thought about for Moth uh, Ma- could be a Kazarian. He is the, the elite hunter.
4: Oh, yeah. Very possible. Yeah, that's fun.
3: But, uh, that's na- fun. Next question here from Rambo and Slam Pig. Where the hell have G.O.D. been lately? Do you think we get an appearance at Resurgence or will they pop up elsewhere? It's been a while since we have seen them. Could they be challengers for the AEW tag titles at All Out if AEW goes outside the company as was hinted?
2: Dude, like a year ago, uh, when I was at the Psy Dojo, I met Tangaloa and they were getting ready to like go overseas and it seems like since that time when they went to japan they've been on a non-stop never-ending cycle of working dates there anytime that they might have come home to america it had to have been very short-lived they were like they were there like almost all throughout the pandemic so i'm pretty sure they're getting some very well-deserved r&r at this point in time and it's probably been beneficial as well because we got people writing in asking you know where are they when are they coming back and can't remember the last time someone asked that about god so (laughs) it's probably a good thing
4: yeah i got the impression that they they had just been they worked themselves to the bone right and they finally got some time to be home right especially like as soon as they went to japan they were in japan forever i mean yeah you know like even during the pandemic and obviously before they were always there so um they're laying low they're probably they're gonna pop up and do something big right like that's you gotta you gotta figure they're gonna show up as part of something whether it be aew or impact or strong one of the tapings or whatever but um you gotta figure the next time they pop up they actually get to do something fun and interesting and probably in america so i you know yeah i that's the impression i was under so and, and i think they're probably trying to figure out what to do with this kind of multi-faceted bullet club thing right and like the elite and the bullet club and the bullet club impact now with chris bay and jay white and then the bullet club proper in new japan you've got el phantasmo and ishimori coming over soon so i think we're gonna start to see some interweaving of some of these these bullet club members that we don't normally see
3: Right, I mean, if G.O.D. were to show up at Resurgence, I think obviously somehow showing up in the Good Brothers match, whether that's distracting the Good Brothers or post-match, you know, Good Brothers are looking their wounds, and then next thing you know, bam, they get a gun stun, ape shit, and G.O.D. lays them out even more. I uh, have a question from Dom Homie 101. So if Ishii and Tanahashi wrestling on the Resurgence card, is it possible that we see the Ace and the Stone Pitbull make some appearances on strong impact and maybe... Some appearances in Conland.
2: I don't know why it's got to stop there. Let's go to MLW. Let's do some PWG. Let's show up AAW, IWTV. Oh, Nick Nick Gage is looking for someone to work (laughs) the boardwalk with him. Like I don't
4: see why we don't Tanahashi death match.
2: Yeah, like I don't see why we can't do that shit. Like that sounds fun.
4: Listen, anyone wants to come to AAW, they can sleep on my couch. (laughs) <laughs> and they can probably wrestle Juice Robinson in August. Um when you say anybody, that is that offer is extended to us. So we are coming sure. to Chicago. You can sleep <laughs> on the couch in the basement. I, they can have the nice one. <laughs> no. But there's a basement couch too, and it's a basement couch, so you know. Um I mean they're they're booked for the strong taping the in Long Beach. So we know that they're gonna be there, they're gonna do something there. Um Tanahashi is he's obviously appeared on a video on AEW so I'm I mean I'm expecting him to show up at AEW at some point. I don't know where when or where. I you know there's rumors out there, there's people who talk, there's I think there's a an optimal situation that you know I think New Japan really likes New York City. Is kind of how I can say that, right? Like mm. they they put New York City on a pedestal and they always have when it comes to coming to America. So that's they're, they're, out there.
2: Their 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 fucking G one used to be called the MSG League, and yeah. it had nothing to do with, <laughs> with Madison Square Garden. Yeah.
4: So we we know that New Japan um, thinks New York City is the you know the mecca of America, and, the and bees. to some to some extent, it, it kind of is, right? But you could make a case for a couple other cities. But um,
2: all right, so. Arthur Ashe Stadium, Mox and Tanahashi, write
4: it down. Chris
2: Ham says confirmed. It. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't confirmed
4: it, but I, I'm telling you, I think that's the optimal situation. But I think it's going to take a change in, in Japanese policy um, to make that happen because I don't think Tanahashi going to miss his 20th consecutive G1. for one one match in AEW, right like unless they're shuffling around the booking and he can i don't i don't i don't i just don't know how he gets the nine matches in if he's right two weeks after that
1: right well
2: that's that's one thing i was just wondering about was like i don't even know the timing of all this stuff but you know we'd speculated when that match might happen and you know unless it's happening on january 4th in the tokyo dome and they've already worked it out to where Mox can get to uh japan There really doesn't seem to be another stage to do it in Japan. So it seems like some episode of Dynamite or Rampage or, I don't know, the paper All Out is coming up. I don't know. One of those seem more likely at this point than Japan does.
4: All Out gives Tanahashi two weeks if he's in the B block to make it to the first (laughs) night. It it gives him exactly two weeks. So if he works All Out, flies out, technically he's got two weeks quarantine. And then he could he could work B block night one. Yeah, that's like that's how the math works out. And the Arthur Ashe show is like two days before or like it's it's during the G1. I mean, it's actually during the G1. Right. Yeah. That seems to be like a stretch.
3: Yeah. I'll see Tanahashi and Ishii, I think are both guys that would be locked for G1. So if they do anything, I would think it would have to be at all out. So both of them can make it back in time for G1.
4: It's cool. I'll be yeah. there too.
2: How about how about Tanahashi wins and then the lights go out and then you hear the final countdown
3: play? Oh my
1: gosh.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Man.
2: I mean, we know he wants to come in. Right. And can you imagine like, like anyone better for him to work day one than Tanahashi? Like
4: oh my
1: gosh.
2: I know they worked I know I know they worked together a long time ago, but it's not the same. Like
4: But that's why know. everyone wants to come to New Japan still. Everyone wants to work Tanahashi. Right.
1: Yeah.
4: So, like, no, it, it, people say they give you the list or whatever, but Tanahashi is always the first name because he yeah. can still go. He can still put on those matches. Right. So, you know, Brian Danielson still wants to come into New Japan because he wants to work Tanahashi in this current state. Yeah. And I'm, I'm for it. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> They're, um, there's uh, that one video essay by, what's that guy's name? Joseph Monticello, I believe is his name. Um, he does the Walk in the Kings Road series on YouTube. Very, very, very good. He's got one about why, in his estimation, Daniel Bryan is the all-time greatest wrestler of all time. And it's a really incredible video series. If you, I think it's like an hour long. If you've never seen it, you should definitely check it out. But like... The opposite side of the coin in the same generation to me is Hiroshi Tanahashi, so like it's got to happen at some point, you
3: know. Yeah, that that would be amazing. Um, like we've mentioned, uh, Tanahashi and Ishi—they're going to be competing on Strong. They're going to be at the first set of Strong tapings with fans, which are happening on August sixteenth, a couple days here after Resurgence, and then also we got the announcement of more Strong tapings with fans. So. First, New Japan Strong will be hitting Texas for Autumn Attack in September. It'll be in Texas, September 25th and 26th, in the Curtis Caldwell Center. And announced for the show so far, strong openweight champion Filthy Tom Waller, the never-openweight champion Switchblade Jay White, Flamboyant Juice Robinson, David Finley, the Young Gun, Hikaleo, the Man of the Hour, Leo Rush, Mr. No Days Off, Fred Rosser, Big Bad Brody King, the Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson, the Alpha Wolf, Carl Fredericks, Riscay Degucci, and the IWGP junior tag team champions, El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori. Then they were also what, what? Oh, go ahead. What were you gonna say?
2: No, I I had some fun. Oh, okay. You're gonna talk about the Philadelphia show?
3: Yeah, so that's the the other uh, dates will be in Philadelphia at the 2300 Arena. First time in over two years that New Japan has been there. It's going to be October 16th and 17th for the New Japan Showdown, which will also fe- feature Philly Tom Lawler, Jay White, Juice, Finley, the Philan Flash, TJP, Leo Rush, Fred Rosser, the Wild Rhino, Clark Connors, the Alpha Wolf, Carl Fredericks, and Ren Narita, And we had a question from EMJ does PR. How do you think all the NJPW action in the United States is playing with the audience in Japan?
2: Well, before I answer that, one thing I wanted to point out, uh, if you guys have never seen this map, just Google NJPW U.S. map. And like it reminds me of it's so great. It's got like all these hubs of the different areas they plan to, uh, you know, go to in the U.S. And like it says West. Six city, mid, seven cities, east, four cities, southeast, six cities. And then there's one that just says Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're like, they're going to be going to Texas, not where in Texas, not, you know, Austin or Dallas or Houston or San Antonio. It's like they will be heading to Texas. <laughs> it just reminds me of that map. Like that's one of their like key areas, Texas. <laughs> oh, I
3: love it. The question Uh, question was, how do you how do you think all the NJPW action in the United States is playing with the audience in Japan?
4: Oh, okay. Uh, Everything I've heard is that they really like it. Um, The the native audience really enjoys strong. I think they do a really good job with the Japanese commentary um, and the Japanese commentary team really puts over the product there, too. And I think, you know, once they see fans in the building, too, I mean, I think that, you know, assuming. I mean, we know that the California show and the the California taping are going to be hot crowds, right? Like that's going to be that's going to be a fun crowd for that Japanese crowd to, to or that Japanese audience to see. Um, assuming the Texas and Philly shows go relatively well, even I think you know I think that that gives a whole another layer to um, the the enjoyment level. I think we've seen that with the United States products that are starting to have fans come back, especially. Something like AEW and even Impact is like as soon as you put fans back in those buildings, especially when you were running empty, right? Like Impact ran empty, and now you've got Impact at least with a small crowd, and it makes I mean it makes all the difference in the world. Strong runs empty, you know. These tapings are going to be such a different environment and uh, so much more natural, I think, you know. And and the wrestling's still going to be some of the best wrestling on the planet, right? So but yeah, everything I've heard is that the audience in Japan really enjoys strong as a, as a part of the new Japan umbrella.
2: I, uh, I, I don't really have anything to add to that because I think on my, my end, I'm just not as uh, aware or informed about what the Japanese audiences thoughts are, but I mean, everything you said there, Chris, i pretty promising. And, um, you know, hopefully there's a bit of synergy between the two different fan bases. You know, obviously we enjoy watching the shows over in Japan, especially once the clap crowds kind of go away and some of these restrictions get lifted and we kind of return to a sense of normalcy. I'm sure the crowds are going to get hotter at that point and vice versa. Them seeing, you know, the U.S. product, you know, presented in front of a hot, you know, L.A. crowd, that's that's going to be awesome for everybody. So, you know, I can only imagine.
3: Yeah. And we've seen the reactions that the LA dojo young lions received when they were in Japan. So I'm sure the Japanese audience is excited for a way to kind of keep tabs on them and be able to watch their growth. And I think once those guys, I know Abari has mentioned bringing strong over to Japan. Eventually, I think once you can get some of these LA dojo guys and some of these strong guys in front of Japanese credit, I think they're going to pop like crazy. We've seen stuff like Honor Rising. Where these uh, New Japan fans, they're they're smart. They, they know what's going on. They they know all the American chants and they, they follow people until so I think you get strong over there. They're going to be digging it and it's going to be gro- mm. going to be awesome. If they get strong,
2: we have to get Kazuna Road.
3: <laughs> is, is that what you're bargaining?
4: <laughs> the whole thing. You better give us the fucking Kazuna Road tour, son. You want the whole Kazuna Road tour? <laughs> all 29 dates. <laughs> <laughs> That's that whole map, Josh.
3: We're already getting summer struggle in USA. Okay, we
2: give us give us a destruction or a dantaku, something. Uh,
4: dantaku in USA. <laughs> no, not in USA. We want the official dantaku in, in America. You know, if it happens in the USA, it has to be in USA. <laughs>
1: just so there's, no conf- this just so there's no confusion. <laughs> yes, yeah. unless,
4: it's, unless it's in Texas. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's man. Autumn Attack in Texas, not in <laughs> USA.
2: <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if it, if like it was like in Mid?
4: <laughs> Here's the thing about Mid, okay? I'm Chicago, and I'm, I'm I, I understand Mid has had no shows. <laughs> I understand that I get a lot of wrestling in Chicago and a lot of really good wrestling, but what? where are you new japan like there are, <laughs> i can book you a building you can sell thousands of tickets like how has new japan not run chicago the like the the center of united states wrestling at this point right like yeah how have we not done chicago is that what we're is that the event announcement we're getting at la because jesus we need it like come on like what is happening? This is a good market for wrestling, obviously. Because
2: the name of your market is mid.
4: That's <laughs> mid, why. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> and it's obviously like, I mean, Tony Khan's is trying to burn out the territory. But like, mm. I think I think there's still a market for a good, healthy New Japan show. I, I could book the Odium in Villa Park for you tomorrow. And it's where Ring of Honor and Impact run. You could t- put 3,000 people in there and have a great time.
2: I heard Jeff Jarrett is going to be the U.S. affiliate for uh, New Japan's partnership here in the States. So, Global
4: Force? <laughs> yeah.
3: My world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh But uh, the, the big news that's really coming out of these strong taping announcements is the fact of some of the, the names on this and what it means for the G1 tournament, which is scheduled for September 18th through October 21st. And that means uh, Jay White, Juice Robinson, Dave Finley are not going to be in this year's G1. It's just logistically impossible for them to be in two places at the same time. Um, so they'll be here in the U.S. working these strong tapings. Um, there's been some reporting going on that these guys have um, kind of had some quarantine fatigue. Um, you know, the, the quarantine lockdowns so that they had to do the, the dojo when they come in. Um, it's kind of wanting to stay stateside So obviously New Japan strong And doing these tapings is uh, kind of a way To keep these guys in the fold Keep some top talent here um, And not potentially lose them And not force them to come to Japan uh, So we have a question here From Redizer Why did you do that bro We know a lot of Wrestle Kingdom storylines Spin out of the G1 So how does Jay White also kind of juice And Finley but mostly Jay Missing the biggest tour of the year impact the booking of both the g1 and wrestle kingdom 16
4: i mean i they i think they've known that this was going to be the case for a little while now so i don't know that the booking is necessarily impacted unless jay was flagged to win uh which he he very well may have right like he's been he's he's obviously a player in in any any years g1 at this point but I think I think they've known he wasn't gonna be there for a while. Um, so I, I think that they've had time to to pivot away from it. You know, obviously losing these three guys in that tournament is probably gonna cause a downgrade in the in-ring output, right? Um, and and potentially at least one major storyline, right? Jay White, whatever Jay White's storyline was gonna be during the G1 is is gonna be missing, but I mean the other the other thing is like there there's a ton of value to these guys doing these US shows while the G1s happening which is when New Japan World probably peaks uh with at least attentive subscribers who are logging in, you know, almost every day, especially rumor has it there may be live English commentary on every G1 show this year. So that's going to bring um the engagement around the product up and then you've got these guys showing up on a show like you know the new japan strong but also like anytime they show up on impact or aew that lands on an njpw world right so i think that's there's a ton of value in these guys doing something and doing whatever it is they're going to be doing during the g1 while people are paying attention to new japan like a re you know a refreshed attention to new japan people especially with the fall g1s i think people check in for g1 season and and run through wrestle kingdom and then maybe taper off right unless they get really hooked so this is a good chance for them to see that these new japan guys are in a lot of different places and representing new japan right so you know is it good or bad for business probably you know net neutral um Mm. I I think because I think that they're I think that they're trying to keep them out there doing stuff representing New Japan, you know, and and it's a matter of what they end up doing with the G1. Like, is it is it a 10 person block on both sides? Right. I mean, the schedule would would tell me. Yes. Seem like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But maybe it's not. And so maybe then the output is a little different. Right. So I'm I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued by all of this. Right. And but I think. I think it's good that New Japan recognized that they had people on the roster that weren't happy with what was going on. They weren't happy working for two or three hundred people in Cork and Hall for like four nights a week, right? And there's you're not you're not gaining anything from that as a wrestler. Maybe you're gaining something for the business, right? You're selling a couple of extra tickets or whatever it may be. But I think they recognized these guys weren't happy. They found a solution that works and start, and continues to build business in the U.S. And I think, you know long term, these may be uh, everything that's happened in the US for new Japan during this pandemic has been something it, it's been a lot of things that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So I think long term the gains might be significant because you man. now you now have a big. US business. man how do you follow that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, some great stuff there.
2: Um, my, my only this is kind of my hot take on the whole thing. I personally, as a fan, was kind of continuously disappointed with Juice's story arcs in the G ones, and then a little bored with Jay White's. And the only way that I wouldn't have been, you know, bored with Jay White's story is if he finally won the G one this year. Which maybe he would, maybe he would have. You know, uh, he's certainly a, a leading contender, but it's not guaranteed. Um, The only one that I was really, really like beyond a shadow of a doubt looking forward to is Dave Finley getting his first G1, seeing how that played out. But let's be honest, he's probably going to be in there as a pin eater. So this might be in some ways a positive for each one of them, um, provided they continue to do cool stuff here in the US. Um, I do see how it could hurt the box office in Japan – in the short term. Like when uh Chris, when you were talking about like a net neutral, like I, I maybe that's true. I, I think long term for the US base, it's probably more positive to have them here doing things. Um so that's like further down the road stuff. But like for the day in, day out, you know, touring and drawing, you know, during this G1, who knows what kind of effect Jay being off the tour actually has. It might be substantial. Um But at the same time, like we're going to get new bodies in the G1, which is cool. And, you know, these guys are kind of going to be afforded to do other things here in the States with other companies and with Strong, which is like one of the things we kind of complain about sometimes is where we're like there's not enough New Japan represent representation on Strong. And we're kind of going to get more of that throughout the summer and fall. So that's – I don't know. To me, this all says – these are all good things. Plus, you know – all those stories of like the Gaijin unrest, well, they're bending over backwards to make some of these guys happy, which is a good thing.
3: Yeah. Um, I don't think that this is going to impact the booking for, for G one or wrestle kingdom at all. Um, like you guys mentioned, you know, you look at a guy like Finley and juice. Uh, I mean, juice is a like, normally an eight point guy at the best. I, I think you can find somebody, that can get eight points, and it would have been Finley's first G1. He probably would have been eating a lot of pins. He might have been a six-pointer, eight-pointer guy. I think you can find somebody that can fill that role. Um, and Jay White's a top guy that potentially could have won or got, get 10, 12 points. That spot might be a little bit harder to fill, but like you mentioned, Josh, you know, Jay's story in the G1, it was starting to get a little repetitive If he hadn't, if he wasn't going to win it. And with him holding on to the never openweight title If he kept that title going into G1 There's probably a good chance he wasn't Going to win the G1 as the never champion um, So as far as Wrestle Kingdom 16 booking um, I, I think by then they'll probably get these guys Back for that show And you could easily set up that Either that angle here in the US And you bring whoever's going to face Jay over to Japan Or you set up an angle, you bring him in in December Or to Tokyo Dome shoot, Cut some promos, shoot some angles you get Jaya on Russell Kingdom And it'll all work out Then we had some Questions from ready user Viking Pain. He says if the rumors are true which they are That Juice and Jay are going to be missing G1 Who do you replace them with Okan and Kojima would be my picks Kojima gets his final G1 run And Okan gets his G1 debut
4: Yeah I think Okan is a shoe in For the tournament um, I, You know I think you're going to see uh, a lot of may I don't want to say new faces but different faces in this year's G1 it just seems to be how it's how it's playing out uh Kojima would be awesome I mean Jeremy I know you're a fan oh yeah uh, um <laughs> I think that's a that would be a good move and I think he's had some cool single stuff and he came to America and represented the brand and all that so I think it would be uh awesome to see him get one last run um I don't know. I think it's, it's hard. It's kind of hard to put all the pieces together without like making a list of, you know, whatever the the 18 or 20 guys that you think are going to be in. And we don't know that nobody's figured out travel, right? Like I know, I know that the likelihood of getting into Japan, being able to work is slim, but there are guys that have been with or around New Japan for a long time or have been known to be coming in for a long time that might want another G1 run that maybe the ball's been rolling long enough that they've got their credentials or whatever they need to to get into the country. So we might see some positive surprises too.
3: Right. We do know that there are going to be some U.S. talent that are already in Japan that will be in G1. Uh, Chase Owen is a name that's been thrown out there. Jeff Cobb, Kenta all guys that are going to stay in Japan for this tour. So this would be Chase Owens' first uh, G1, so he'll be taking one of those spots. I'm um, pretty excited to see what Chase can do in a G1. Um, he is a, a solid worker, and I think if you put him in a B block against a Ishii, a Goto, a Shingo, a Bushi, like Chase is going to uh, really impress some people and have some great matches Um, Like you mentioned, I think Okan is definitely a lock to be in there It'd be great for Kojima to get uh, One last run And you know, there is always the outside Possibility, we've talked about it before Of opening the Japan Forbidden Door, getting some Guys from other promotions from Japan Some freelancers or maybe somebody from Noah, who knows, and uh, Getting a surprise that way
2: Yeah, I mean I think there's about by my estimation, I won't go down a whole list or anything, but I think there's at least fifteen names already that are still pretty much virtual locks, you know, even with Jay and uh, Finjuice out of the tournament. And um, you know, so that leaves about five spots there. You know, it depends on if will Ospreys can be in the tournament or not. You know, five or four spots. I mean, I, I think you could easily fill that. You got Suzuki there, Henares there possibly god could return falle you know chase owens is already pretty much confirmed so with him in there you know it brings it down to like three spots it's not they're not going to have that much trouble filling this at all with even just the talent they have there which is what i think they'll probably do
4: you also got to wonder if a guy like rennerita finally comes back uh if they're going to bill him as a heavyweight Shota umino can you know <laughs> I, you know I, I think this resurgence missing resurgence is a big is a big piece for him he hasn't had much to do during his excursion but you know at some point he's got to come back too right so what's you know, what's gabe kid doing what is gabe kid doing that's a good question he's probably my bet is he's at home for a yeah. little bit cuz yeah. they he had a long run with you know um in, in Japan but um you know I, he's probably not quite ready to be graduated but i mean He's great too. Yeah. Yeah, So yeah.
2: And I would love if
4: Kojima got his goodbye
2: run. We never got a goodbye run in the G1 from him the way we did with Tenzan and Nagata. So I think it, you know, and I didn't think we'd ever get it. But if you were gonna ever do it,
3: now is the time. This is the year. He's had an incredible year. You you go back to the Osprey <laughs> match, <laughs> the the Tenkoji feud, you, the summer of Cozy, the, the the strong title match against Fifty Tom, being on Impact, uh, working several you know shots there. You know, this this is Kojima's year. So what? This is this is the perfect year to do it. This is you know the Bread Club year. Go ahead, get my boy Koji in there.
2: <laughs> well, let's move on. We got some. uh other stuff to talk about.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, Viking Pink also had another question. He says, "Who now becomes a favorite to win the G1 with J and possibly Big Billy out of the tournament? Okada is a heavy favorite, but I think they can make a lot out of a, a lot of money out with a Naito and Shingo wrestling Kingdom sixteen main event.
4: Yeah, I don't think that's out of the question. Um, shoot." Who's the? Fa- I mean, I don't know that either of those dudes were the favorite anyway. But if if Will Osprey shows up in this tournament, he's probably the favorite. Um, yeah. I guess right. Like if yeah. he shows back up, that's a a huge way to heat him back up. Put him right back in a title match, and then it's also a, it's at the Tokyo Dome, right? Like uh, whether it's Shingo or somebody else, Shingo loses it between now and then. Like I don't know, but um, I think if he shows up and he tweeted something yesterday, is like. I love getting good news or something. So like, I don't, you know, read, read what you want into that. But um, yeah, Jay, if, if Will Ospreay shows up in this tournament, he's got to be the favorite. And then, you know, from there, I, gosh, it's kind of a toss of Naito. Sure, heat him back up. He hasn't had a great run in the sense of like winning matches, but he's still got the output. Naito Shingo, if they're not filling the Tokyo Dome, I don't know that that's a match that, sells out the Tokyo Dome? as Oh, I think it absolutely
2: does. I think you're underestimating the drawing power of Naito Shingo. In fact, I will go as far as to say if it was me in a perfect world, I think Will Ospreay and Naito is your final. It's a super protected match. It's never been done before. That's the final this year. And Naito wins that shit and we get the second ever Naito and Shingo match for the title that's a dome worthy match and i think it draws i think i think in a perfect world it it could sell out the dome easily at this point that's how that's what i feel
3: yeah i think you normally don't have you know faction versus faction in a big main event like that i think that draw a lot of intrigue it's only happened one time naito's first shot at the world heavyweight title uh, I think there's a, a lot of different story elements and stuff that you can really, you know, put into a, a Naito and Shingo matchup. And it's been a while since so Naito's won a G1. And if you want him to kind of get up there, you know, 3G1 wins the tie guys like Tanahashi and, yep. uh, and Ibushi, that's another thing you can do for him.
2: Yeah, I agree. That's what I think is happening. That's that's my feeling on it, especially with NoJay. And especially with Shingo having already beat Okada and Tanahashi back to back, I feel pretty strongly that those are his top two guys going into a, a Wrestle Kingdom. And I'm pretty confident right now it's Naito. Like, I don't usually feel this confident going into a G1 season, but like, I'm, I'm telling you, it's a Nostradamus thing. Like, that's who's winning it.
3: <laughs> And something also we don't have blocks yet, but you know normally on a, on a normal you know non COVID world they would try to do a protected main event, something they haven't done in the previous calendar year at Wrestle Kingdom. Obviously we haven't have we haven't had Naito and Chingo this calendar year, and if they're in opposite blocks, I think that would definitely lend more to them doing that matchup at the dome.
4: Who wins at the dome then?
1: Ooh, because
4: <laughs> cause look at it, Ibushi Okada. Tanahashi, they've all lost their first shot at that particular belt. So does hey. Naito? Does Naito also lose his first shot at that belt?
3: Why not? That, Let's do that it.
4: I, I I'm not as confident on that looking scenario, <laughs> right. so I'm
2: not I'm not there yet. But uh, I I could see him losing to Shingo. I would mean, that, that be that, the
4: torch pass? Then I mean, then that's Shingo's group. Then right? I mean, well, that would be
1: the neither. intrigue
2: that's the whole intrigue of the match it's not just the fact that they've got all this history but it's also like you know who's the real leader of lij what what are the implications to lij after this you know is
4: there a leader of lij
2: (laughs) is there an lij at all right and there
3: have been seeds planted with naito and promos talking about you know we have to kind of get on Shingo's level he's the only one with titles and blah 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 and all this talk about them trying to get to Shingo's level so
2: you know, another person that could uh, you know, we haven't even discussed it, but like, like he's coming back from injury, you could throw Hiromu in that G1 pretty easily. That would be awesome too.
4: Mm. Yeah, that would be
2: dope. Oh.
4: Well, everyone wanted him last year.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think that there's there's definitely the opening for that to be the case this year, especially. Be cool. Let's say if he lost to Robbie, right? so he doesn't have the junior title, he could easily be slotted into that G1.
4: I think even I mean, Will Ospreay's been... Will Osprey was in the G1 with the junior title. Right. That's possible, too. I just... I got a feeling he's losing to, to Robbie for some reason. Yeah. I, I sense
3: that as well. Yeah. I that, think that, too. But, yeah, even if he beats Robbie, like you said, uh, yeah, we've seen junior champs in the G1, and plus, if he, he just comes back, if he wins... And then it's a heavyweight tour, like there's nothing for him to really do. I guess he can do well. They didn't do undercards last year, so yeah, he, he'd be pretty much off again. So if you want him to stay hot and you know wrestle, come into, to the
4: U.S. Oh, that, oh yeah, man, yeah, yeah you he'd could sell, do that. Sell some, sell some tickets.
3: Yeah, I mean, oh, we, man. we see that uh, uh, ELP and Taiji, they're coming. Obviously, they're not they're not going to be in G1, so they're coming to the U.S. So yeah, you could have Hiromu come to the U.S. That would be dope.
2: Hiromu versus Will Osprey in
3: the G1. Oh sure. Not sure. (laughs) Um, But uh, let's talk about some other stuff That's happening in the US So real quick, some quick Impact notes Uh, Last week on Impact, Chris Bay Defeated Juice Robinson Post-match, Jay White Officially gives him his Bullet Club t-shirt So we kind of talked about the spoilers A few weeks ago, but it's finally aired So Chris Bay is now officially A member of Bullet Club This week coming up on Impact We're going to have Beyblade versus Finn Juice
2: he he's not officially a member of Bull Club. Not just because just because one member gives you a shirt does not make you a member of Bull Club. This is the juicy Gino Gambino situation <laughs> all over again. Not official Bull Club, okay? sir.
3: Sir, D'Lo Brown and Matt Stryker told me that he's officially a part of the Bull Club.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're the they're the voice of authority on this subject. <laughs> are you are you
3: calling D'Lo Brown a liar?
2: Zelo Brown is a well known Carney liar. <laughs> uh,
3: but also, Impact News: uh, The Good Brothers, they'll be defending their Impact tag titles tomorrow night on Dynamite Against the Dark Order. So, interesting stuff there. Then, this past Friday, we had another edition of New Japan Strong: The Road to the Summer Struggle USA. We had a debuting Alexander James. Defeat Kevin Knight, 8 minutes and 3 seconds. We had Mr. Dodez off, Fred Rosser, and Rocky Romero. Defeat Alex Coughlin and Ren Narita, 11 minutes and 9 seconds. And then the main event was Team Filthy, Dane Limelight, and Jr. Kratos defeating the West Coast Wrecking Crew, Jarrell Nelson, and Royce Isaac. Of course, we have that post-match angle that we talked about earlier with the West Coast Wrecking Crew um, joining Team Filthy. Guys, any thoughts from this past week, Strong?
2: Quick general thoughts. I thought this was a really strong episode of new Japan strong. Um, the, the, the wrestling was just really crisp, really hard hitting and very good. I thought Alexander James made a good showing of himself in his debut match kind of reminded me why I was so impressed with him when I saw him on Bloodsport last year. Um, post-match, he called out Alex, uh, or, uh, he called out, uh, God, wh- why do I forget names? Who's, uh, who's the top young lion from the LA dojo? Colin. Yeah. No, 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 no. Graduated.
3: Uh, Fredericks.
2: Yeah, my bad. I don't know what's wrong with me. He called out Carl Fredericks and said that that's who's next on the hit list for him. So, you know, we'll see if that even develops or if he's just shooting his shot. But, uh, I thought both of these tag matches were literally better than everything on the tag team turbulence tour, unfortunately. So, mm-hmm. um... I thought it was I thought it was a really good episode.
1: In ring. Same.
4: Yeah. I mean just a good, solid three match episode. I love I love these, you know, not a ton of advancement of anything, but good wrestling. And that's why I watch strong.
3: Yeah, there was a lot more advancement than I expected uh post match of the Fred Rosser match. It was a stare down between Ren Norita and Fred Rosser that we managed, mentioned earlier in the Resurgence preview. So Oh
2: yeah. Ren Narita is like he wants all the fucking smoke with the Sun
1: tansy, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't care if you're you know no days off, like you can gonna come get this work. Uh so yes yeah, yeah, yeah. a plan Hold this headbutt, bitch. <laughs> Um, and then I'll see the, the post match angle. I, I did think it was kind of weird with uh, you had Team Filthy versus the West Coast Reckon Crew to heal teams, but it played out with uh, Filthy Tom coming out and then you know offering these guys a spot in Team Filthy. They accept that, also that builds into the ten man tag in Resurgence, and so Team Filthy up to uh, loaded up to five guys again. Then uh, this coming up Friday on Strong, like I mentioned earlier, the main event's going to be Leo Rush and Carl Fredericks against Filthy Tom Waller and Dane Limelight. We're also going to have Freddie Yehi versus Hikaleo and Wheeler, Utah versus Barrett Brown. And we had a question here from ready user Wiz Factor. As New Japan is about to air their final episode of New Japan Strong without a live audience, any parting thoughts on the production of the show so far? and this period in new japan or america's history
2: i don't want to go down that rabbit hole too much but i thought they did a fantastic job i thought as time went along it got nothing but better so you know um the production the commentary the editing the video packages the sound everything even just the wrestling everything about the show got better as time went on and what more can you
4: ask for uh, it, it it was the most watchable empty arena wrestling that was put out. I think during the entire pandemic, mm-hmm. and I think part of that's because the quality of the work, and part of that was because um, New Japan booking is solid, right? And so that makes it easier to watch, and it's it was fun, and and they kept it short and sweet. Three three matches, maybe four if it was a beginning of a tournament, you know they did they did a great job um you know i i look at strong and i think the other option was they do nothing in america right like the other option was they do nothing in america they just they run their shows that they've got in japan with their you know half capacity crowds that can that can clap and you know honestly a lot of that would have been great but most of these wrestlers then you know a bunch of these american guys probably just don't even have jobs anymore right with new japan maybe they've jumped to impact or you know whatever it may be but um and also like it allowed them to scout some talent we'll you know, we'll never you know we'll we'll see what happens with a guy like Fred Yehi with other Utah these guys that are showing up on now you know essentially a new japan proper show with resurgence um you know and it gave uh to somewhere to work and it gives Yu Omura somewhere to work now like this is a huge the best thing that happened in new japan during this pandemic was new japan strong and and the establishment of building a us-based roster of wrestlers that work for new japan and man when that travel opens up if you look at all these guys that that live in the u.s that can then finally maybe get to japan for a big tour or a g1 or even just freaking power struggle you know like you name it like they have relationships with all these wrestlers now so yeah the 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 they are locked and loaded for a huge relaunch. And I know people think the product is soft right now, but just these relationships with all these new wrestlers that are American based, they can do so much with that. Well, dude, when they do like a strong tour in Japan,
2: you know, it's going to be so much better seeing like Dirty Daddy and Team Filthy than, you know, seeing the Beer City Bruiser. And fucking Dalton Castle and those boys <laughs> Like,
3: right yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's been one of the most Exciting things about Strong's like You just never know who was going to show up Week to week um, And I mean, it's just really, like you mentioned, expanded that America, you know, roster You know, no offense to guys like Mysterioso and the Regal Twins And guys, like, you know, Barrett Brown I mean, these were guys that really didn't have A lot of clout, a lot of, you know Hype, a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know you know, fanfare to their name. I mean, they're solid guys and, you know, great addition to the roster, but it's a big difference when you tune in one week and there's filthy Tom Lawler, there's dirty daddy Chris Dickinson, there's Brody King, Freddie Yeha is coming in, Wheeler Utah is coming in, the ex division champion Jax Alexander is coming in. Like, you just never know who's showing up on strong. I think that's just a great kind of surprise element, especially with the, the way it's, you know, being closed set. You know, no spoilers got out. I think that's the one thing that is going to kind of stink with fans – uh, spoilers will get out But um, I still think You're, you're going to have That surprise element You never know Who's going to show up And especially now Or well, if you know Guys like Jay White And Finji working these tapings They might be even bringing Even more big names To try and sell houses And so But overall The pandemic era Like you mentioned Chris New Japan Strong One of the best things That happened Out of the pandemic And we, we've seen That show grow We've seen some Really solid booking We've seen the birth Of the strong weight championship and so a lot of great things have come out of strong and um, you know, New Japan hasn't always gotten, you know, things right here in America, but I think strong was a step in the right direction in a way to, you know, plant some seeds here for their brand. So now let's hop over to uh what's going on over in Japan. We've had the Summer Struggle tour going on and the Super Junior Tag League happening the last few nights. So uh run down the the results here and we can uh kind of give our thoughts on these uh Super Junior Tag League matches. So the opener from August 7th, we had Tenzan, Makabe, and Yano defeating the Bullet Club team of Chase, Jado, and Ujiro. And, of course, that's you know setting up the uh, KOPW match with Chase and Yano. Then we had the LIJ team taking on uh, Chaos. They defeated Chaos team of Goto, Ishii, Yoshihashi, and Hanma, 14 minutes, 40 seconds. Then the Super Junior Tag League action started. We had the Junior Champ, Robbie Eagles, and Tiger Mask. Picking up a win against the Bullet Club team of Dick Togo and Gato. Semi-main event, we had Desperado and Kanemaru defeating Master Wato and Risuke Deguchi. And then in the final night, the main event of this match, of this night, we had the Bull Club team. Bullet Club's cutest tag team, ELP and Taiji Ishimori defeating Rapungi 3K, 15 minutes and 56 seconds. Any thoughts from this first night?
2: Do do you wanna um maybe we could just discuss all of that sort of in a vacuum and just go through all the results because there's three nights there?
3: Yeah, I can go ahead and do that. So uh, August 8th we had um uh, show open up with Bull Club with Chase Owens, Jado and Udro defeating the great bash heel team of Togi Makabe, Hanma and Toriano, nine and thirty-eight seconds. Then we had the LIJ team defeat uh, Goto, Ishi, Yoshihashi and Kojima, sixteen fifty-three. Then, for Super Junior Tag League matches, we had Desperado and Kanamaru defeating Diktogo and Gato. Semi main event, Eagles and Tiger Mask defeating Rapungi 3K. And then, in the main event, Bull Club's cutest tag team, ELP and Taiji, defeated Master Wato and Rizuke Taguchi. And then on Monday, August 9th, we had Tenzan, Hanma, and Yano defeating Chase, Jado, and Yudro. The LIJ team defeating Goto, Ishi, Yoshihashi, and Togi Makabe. Then for Super Junior Tag League action, Bullet Club's cutest tag team, ELP and Taiji defeated. Bullet clubs, Dick Togo, and Gato. Semi-main event, Robbie, Eagles, and Tiger Mask defeat Despi and Kanamaru. And then the main event saw Master Wato and Riske Daguchi defeating Rapungi 3K Sho and Yo. So that puts our standings. At uh, Bull Club's Q's tag team, six points, three and oh. Eagles and Tiger Mask, six points, three and oh. Desby and Kanamaru, four points, two and one. Taguchi and Wato, two points, one and two. Rupungi 3K, 0 and three. They're out. Gato and Dick Togo, 0 and three, and they are also out. So, guys, overall thoughts on 2021 Super Junior Tag League thus far?
4: It's a uh, so I caught up on this all in one day. Uh, well you know life happens man so um but i took some time to watch all the tournament matches and mostly easy watches right i'm always uh yeah i think we were talking earlier i don't know if it was on the air before but always pleasantly surprised and uh, by what the juniors can do regardless of the situation i mean i always love best of the super juniors but any of these junior tag matches are always um, a pleasant surprise. They, they're, they're always better than I expect them to be more engaging, et cetera. So, um, most of this has been, you know, the, the story is obviously Rapongi 3k and, and, you know, this is a tournament they've dom- dominated throughout their entire career and now they can't seem to buy a win. Um, so clearly we're headed towards something there, which I think is great because they, as a tag team, I think they've done everything that they can do. So, um, you know, from there, you know, that that's the thing to keep an eye on. Do they do they finally get themselves a win? Do they actually lose, you know, lose out completely? I mean, it's a short tournament, so losing out completely is not the end of the world. But um, yeah, most of the matches are easy to watch. I think Robbie Eagles looks awesome. Yeah. Tiger, Man- Tiger mask. Like, yes, he, he's there. He's doing our he's doing everything he can. But Robbie Eagles is carrying that team and, and he's a star right now. Like he looks really good. He's super motivated, clearly. Um, anytime he's in the ring, he's worth watching.
2: I um yeah I'm here for the show and yo story um because you know not only are they losing the tournament tag matches but the multi man match on the previous show just before the sh- uh the league started they were the the cause of loss during their multi man match and they got a scathing promo cut against them um by freaking desperado and then that trend has just kind of continued on show after show they're losing match after match uh we'll get to it but even today on the 10th they were in another multi-man match that they were the 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 losers of so it's like five big prominent losses back to back to back and they don't seem to know how to get it together they don't know what's going on these guys are cutting promos talking about like dude you do you guys even belong in New Japan anymore, you guys need to go away. Like <laughs> they're not even <laughs> talking about like breaking up. They're like, yo, you guys can't cut the mustard, you know. <laughs> uh So it's great, and like I need them to finish this story out by going completely winless in this year's Super Junior Tag League, which means they need to lose to Ghetto and Jado or Ghetto and uh, Dick Togo because. When that when that happens, like they're going to have that come to Jesus moment, you know, like, all right, where do we go from here? Like, what's next? And, you know, I'm all about that because the idea of them just having your run of the mill, you know, they're going to put up, you know, X amount of points and be in the finals and be in the running again like that. That would have just bored me to tears this year.
3: Yeah, I gotta say, yeah, definitely love the, the direction they're going here for Pungy Three K and and their story of the tournament. Uh, Yo has been the one that's been eating the pinfalls so far in all the matches, and you know, Michael it, Yonetti <laughs> uh, or un- Mar-
2: Marty Marty Yonetti,
3: Yonetti yeah. Uh, initially, when they started, like when they lost the first one, I, I kind of lost patience. Initially, I was like, oh boy, here we go. We're gonna get Rapungi three K redemption story. They're gonna, the
2: redemption story, yeah,
3: yeah. They're gonna lose the first two, and then they're gonna come roaring back. But then they just kept losing. I was like, oh, okay, we're doing something different here. And We're getting some, you know, you mentioned that the post match promos. You're getting show looking very frustrated at you. We have a bunch of questions about this. So, uh, and
2: they're not even like
3: wrestling that good.
2: I'm not saying like they're not wrestling good. What I'm saying is like they're not like going out of their ways to like have blow away matches like. For instance, like, you know, ELP looks great in this tournament. Ishimori looks great. Robbie Eagles is having a great tournament. I'm even, like, pleasantly surprised by, like, Watto and Dictogo and, and Ghetto. The 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 two guys who, like, it's I, – I think there's probably a story element to it. It kind of reminds me of that year where uh, Okada kind of had a down G1 when he was carrying the balloons out. You know, he wasn't wrestling up to his potential because it fit the narrative of the story. I think that's what's happening with Sho and Yo here is, like, they're they're kind of just wrestling mid and and just having lackluster matches and just going out there get beat you know
3: yeah and you know one, before i go to the questions one thing i think that would have helped like, the story is good i think one thing that would have helped the story more is if they had not won the tag team title as soon as joe came back i think i agree this story could have been even more compelling if they had failed in the tag title shot and had kept failing to win big matches leading up to this tournament yeah i agree uh, some questions here. Uh, why did you do that, bro? Says, seems like 3K are finally heading toward the split, but who turns on who? EMJ does PR, says, are we finally getting our barbershop moment for a bunkie 3K, or are we going to get a big redemption arc for the former champs? And Rampo and Slam Pick says, you guys feel the vibes of a show turning on yo and joining United Empire Angle coming possibly at one of the upcoming MetLife Dome shows. They are leading up to something with the junior tag league situation, right?
4: Yes. they're They're leading up to something
2: they are leading to something i'm I'm not one to really speculate at this honestly i'm i'm just along for the ride because you know for so many years we've been expecting something to happen and every time we try to book it out they kind of disappoint us and for all i know okay for all i know (laughs) is that they tell this story about them having all these heartaches
4: Then they win at damn Wrestle Kingdom again.
2: Yeah, and then then they somehow come back at Wrestle Kingdom and win those fucking junior tag titles. And it is still a redemption arc story. Like,
4: you know what
3: happens? We we need to find ourselves. We we need to go to America. Roppongi 3K on strong, and then they get their groove back. Tempura (laughs) boys. Yes.
2: (laughs) there's there's no telling what the real like outcome of this might be maybe it is a breakup but maybe it's not you know so i'm just i'm gonna hedge my bets and just say like let's just wait and see how it plays out you know and give them kind of the liberty to do what they want to do and if it if it is really good great you know and if if it does lead to new career pathing for both of these guys that's awesome but uh I don't know, I'm just, I'm not ready to commit to the idea that they're doing the full-on breakup angle with them because they've been so reticent to do that.
3: Right, and this also could be a setup for the best of the Super Juniors. I'm assuming that's going to be, you know, towards the end of the year like it was last year. Pro- Show
2: your final?
3: I'm not sure about finals, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it'll it'll probably be a single block tournament again. So these guys will, will face off. Um yo's don't ha- don't wish
2: that evil on us. Come on.
3: I'm, I'm just saying how the calendar lines up and how they, what they did last year. It was a single block. They did Super Juniors and World Tag League together. Hopefully we can get a, a double block. But either way, you could do a big show versus Yo match in the best of Super Juniors. That could lead final
4: for the rights to rapongi 3K. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> raponga three K is not even. Roppongi. If they don't have that theme, they're not even raponga three K anymore. What is their theme, right? Like, so it's, a pi- it's a piano it's a music. music. That's what it is. It's it's like some cr- like why? It, it's, it's, it's it's a like, second. It's like a nineteen ninety two like psychogenesis Genesis side scroller like you know f- yeah. chaos level like that's what but it like, sounds like
4: what they get tired of paying rocky royalties like what are we doing <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you know, i like your idea josh so you, you have them fight for the rights uh, of Rapungi 3k you have show win and he picks a new partner who comes out as yo and it's like <laughs> the, the new yo the new Rapungi 3k
2: no 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 not the <laughs> new the real yo <laughs> <laughs> they they have a they have like Narita come back as the real yo <laughs> Didn't they do something like this with uh, Harlem Heat and Big T?
3: Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> they had uh, they had Ahmed Johnson come out as like Harlem Heat 2000, and they had a, he had to wrestle uh, Booker T for the rights to Harlem Heat, <laughs> Stevie Ray and Big T.
3: <laughs> oh man, but yeah, so we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with for Punky 3K overall the tournament. I think the matches have been very good. Like you guys mentioned, you know, Dick Togo and Gato, they have been surprisingly not bad. You know, it's it's amazing. Oh my
2: god, it is amazing.
3: <laughs> it's amazing what Dick Togo can do when he's not choking somebody out and doesn't have evil around him. But
2: Dick Togo's moveset is so funny. He pulls out so many like 2001 era, Attitude era, like WWF moves. Like it's it's really funny. But yeah i mean they're they're clearly cheating but like they're cheating in a way to where it's like not a million rest bumps a million people getting groat wired and all that it's they're just you know eye gouging and pulling hair and biting and leg tripping they're just doing standard fair like grimy heel work which is kind of funny because every match that they're in they're like the don- you know how like when you have heel versus heel oftentimes these tournaments one heeldom has to kind of subside to the other one and defer. Like they're like the master, like heel team in this tournament. Like they wrestled their bull club counterparts and like they were the bad guys and they wrestled. Um, I don't know if they, did they wrestle Desperado and Kenamaro already? I think they did. Right.
3: Um,
2: hold on. yeah,
3: yeah, they did. That was yeah, on, they August did. 8th.
2: yeah. And same thing. Like they kind of were like, You know, it's sort of like when Suzuki's in a G1. Like, no matter who he's wrestling, like he's the heel, because you know he's the top heel. Like, and so they they align further on the heel like spectrum than any other team, which has been kind of crazy. And the matches have been, I wouldn't go out of my way and say like they've been good, but they haven't been these awful, horrible, terrible slugs that I was dreading. You know, thinking it was going to be the worst shit ever. Like, it's not not been at all.
3: Yeah, I really enjoyed um Gato and Togo against uh, ELP and Taiji. I thought that was a, a funny little match up there and like you mentioned, yeah, Gato and Togo kinda of pulling at all the old school tricks on those guys and ultimately ended up still eating a sudden death. But yeah, that that was a fun match.
2: Gato's like, oh easy night, easy night <laughs> <laughs> He's like, No bumps
3: <laughs> Okay, uh, Gato was trying to pull that Togi Makabe plan.
2: He told him no bumps. (laughs) (laughs) That shit was so funny. But yeah, even bro, even Tiger Mask going out there and like really putting in effort. Um, him and Robbie Eagles like been my favorite team of the tournament.
3: Yeah, surprisingly been
2: awesome.
3: And surprisingly, they're yeah right up there with uh, ELP and Taiji.
2: ELP and Taiji Shimori. I mean, they're quite frankly the best team in this tournament right now. And uh, and the cutest, like, and the cutest and. I'm at the point where I just really want to see Phantasmo and Eagles square up, and like to me, they're like the front runners of like, you know, we've we've got a lot of great talent in this division, but I mean, they're the high, they're the real flippy do high flyer wrestlers at this point. I mean, even when um, Hiromu comes back, who knows what kind of style he employs? Like, I know it, it's probably still going to be high risk, but he's never really truly been like the most flippy guys kind of been more like hurl my body at you to try to kill you type of guy like but you know it we don't have a will osprey or ricochet and like right now that's kind of your elp and your robbie eagles and they're awesome and i'm like i, I want to see more of them at the top of this division
3: well you're in luck because the rest of the super junior tag league on monday august 16th the main event will be the Bullet Club's cutest tag team, ELP and Taiji, against Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask. So two uh, undefeated teams facing off. And then we'll have Despi and Kanamaru against Sopangi 3K. And then Taguchi and Wado against Gato and Dick Togo. And then the final night of tournament action will be Tuesday, August 17th, where the uh, order of matchup will be determined by their final rankings. But it will be Taiji and ELP against Despi and, and Kanamaru. Taguchi and Wato against Eagles and Tiger Mask. And then Rapungi 3K versus Gato and Dick Togo. That possible uh, come-to-Jesus moment that you mentioned, Josh, could be coming for Rapungi 3K on the 17th.
2: Also, uh, so, I mean, at this point, um, I mean, even though Taguchi and Wato only, you know, they've got two points. Like, they're not technically eliminated. There's so much that would need to happen for them to stay alive. Uh, They're pretty much essentially out. I mean, do you see any scenario where Suzuki-Gun maybe ends up in like a three-way tie or ends up as like the number two still at this point?
3: I mean, yeah, we've seen in tournaments in the past like this where they'll do like a three-way at the top and then that that leads to a triple threat match, uh, which you could do a three-way junior title match. That's a, a possibility. Or, I mean, you could just go straight out have have the champions win the whole thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess that, that main event on Monday between the two undefeated teams, that's really going to be one of the big determinate, de- determinants. Because, I mean, that's going to give them the tiebreaker regardless of what happens at that point.
3: Yeah, and you, you also could when I mean, we've been seeing the the junior title and the junior tag titles kind of wrapped up together, so you, I mean you could have Eagles and Tiger Mass get the win, which gets them a junior tag title shot, then ELP and Tiger retain against them, which gets ELP a title shot against oh, Eagles. Oh my
1: god.
2: <laughs> that was my that was my fear that that's what was going to happen, but when you look at the that's field That's a good I'm, match though. It seems possible that that's what's happening. No, I, I'm not opposed to it. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm just supposed to Always having the junior tag title be the lead into the sure. junior title shot, and that it's literally been a f- almost a full straight year of that
4: nonstop. Well, I, yeah, but I also <laughs>
1: think, <laughs> <yes>.
4: <laughs> good point. But Ishimori and Phantasma are coming to America, so That's true that i think they'll be the tag champs and i think they're going to have some cool tag matches with some of these guys that are over here Mm. i mean there's plenty there's plenty of junior tag teams in america um that have relationships yeah
3: sure you mean 2.0 i mean the larger loop
2: express son (laughs) (laughs) the the midday rockers (laughs) the old bucks (laughs) texas loop
1: (laughs) Oh so, uh, yeah.
2: Uh, oh, one one other thing, and I think I mentioned this, but like Watto, pretty impressed in this tournament with Watto. Like this is the first time in like since he's come back from excursion where I have fully felt like he's pretty competent.
3: Yo, that uh, that Topé Canhilo over the corner that he did, I think it was on the Saturday show. That was pretty dope.
2: He's still putting together a lot of those. Um, high risk moves that we when he first came back we we're like oh shit he's doing some awesome stuff but then he's not botching as much you know on top of it so it's like you kind of combine the cool stuff he was doing and then mix that in with just like straight up you know capable wrestling plus he's kind of going out there with Taguchi he just looks more confident like he doesn't seem as unsure of himself like you know I don't know what's going on but he just seems like kind of ready. Like I, I don't know what his placement in this division's going to be long term. You know, at any point, but uh, I've been pretty impressed with him to be honest. This was a tournament we were dreading last week, and uh, it's been pretty pleasant, which is kind of surprising.
4: Yeah, it's a quick, short, brown robin tournament. It's fun. Yeah, but
2: I was, I was loathing well, it last. <laughs> I week. think
4: everyone thought you know Gato and Dick Togo were going to come out and be
2: the worst
4: the worst <laughs> versions of themselves and they have been actually kind of the best versions of themselves yeah
2: yeah we've gotten i mean I think everybody has been pretty phenomenal and even like i i applaud show and yo for like t- like toning it down for the sake of the story so you know um you know big big uh thumbs up all around for everybody involved.
3: Well, nice. Uh, we can uh, move on now to August 10th. This morning show where we had Suzuki, you and Suzuki and Kanamaru defeating Masterwato, Deguchi, and and Hanmus, so a little preview match there. Then we had the blue club team of Chase Owens, ELP and Taiji defeating Robbie Eagles, Toriano and Tiger mass. So preview for two matches there.
2: B- big story coming out of that match. So all throughout this, uh, these series of shows, we've been getting a lot of chase and, uh, you know, Toriana going back and forth and trying to make the other one, t- you know, say I quit in the mic. And so it's been leading to what we assumed was an I quit match. Well, during this match, Chase brought out the strap and at the end of the match, they started using the strap again. And then he pretty much made it known that they're going to be having some type of strap match, which they already had one earlier this year. They're going to have another Texas uh, strap match. I'm guessing that because they still were focusing so much on like the I quit aspect that it might be like an I quit Texas strap match. Um which, you know, uh when I said that, uh, you guys can't see Chris was rolling his eyes. He's not a <laughs> fan of the uh, of the Yano um Chase Owens series. But I will tell you what, I thought that match was pretty good when, when they wrestled earlier this year.
4: The match was great. <laughs> Why like why do we gotta overcomplicate this already complicated situation? Just do because
2: it's KOPW. Uh, just do
4: one stipulation.
2: No, it's KOPW. It's gotta be like three. I- I'm hoping it's sorry. It's a handcuff Rambo. Like, no. What are we doing? <laughs> no, what I want it to be, I want there to be two bags. No, I want there to be a bag in each corner filled with powder that is at their disposal. And then microphones. So it's and they're strapped and it's like you, you have to make the other person say I quit, but you can only do it after you have
4: thrown powder into their <laughs> eyes first. <laughs> I'm, I'm the a- the redhead with the blinky eye gif right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> what?
3: Josh, please please don't give uh, Dick Togo any ideas to go back into the room with. <laughs> we, we we have a lot of downloads in Japan. It, it could be Togo, it could be Togo. He he listens, goes back into the room. I got a great idea, guys, for this uh, KLPW match.
2: <laughs> anyways, hear me no, out. Powder.
3: <laughs> get,
2: get get ready for some some type of KOPW strap match between these two guys. Which the first one was good, so maybe this one will be surprisingly as well.
4: Yeah, it'll be good. Why maybe. do we have to do it again? <laughs>
2: Well, well, because Chase is the Texas Heavyweight Champion, and in Texas they use straps in their matches, so that's why. They also have Texas Death Matches. When they're, well, they're not ready for that, it's KOPW. It's
4: not serious. <laughs> <laughs> Are you KOPW explaining me? <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, so next up, we had the Bullet Club team of Dick Tuggle, Evil, and Gato defeating Roppongi 3K and Togi Makabe. Evil tapping out Yo with the Darkness Scorpion. I have a question here from Dom Homie One Hundred and One. It says it's time for songs that remind you of evil, <laughs> and I got two artists for you guys. The first is a goat named Sir Ben Ludara Jones, aka Nas, and the second artist is Jason Terrence Phillips, aka a rap king named Jadakiss.
1: I
2: yeah, last week uh, I was on the phone with uh, Rich, and he was like, "Bro, why do people keep asking you guys all these like hip hop?" Like you guys aren't gonna listen. Like you're not hip hop heads, like what are you guys doing? And I'm like, bro, I don't know. Like I can't make them throw the questions to your podcast, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so who who is the song supposed to remind us of?
3: So of evil? Of evil from Nas and Jadakus.
2: Okay, uh here's one. Hate me now by <laughs> That's probably like the number one. Nas, hate me now. That should be like the theme song of evil because I absolutely do. Yes. Oh my god. Um, I don't know. That's that's the only one. I can...
3: Any, anything from from Jadakiss?
2: Um. Why? <laughs> the song by Jadakiss called "Why" because that's what I think every time evil's on the screen. Just why.
3: Yeah, which is what I thought in in the next matchup where we had uh, Shingo defeating Yujiro Takahashi by DQ with evil coming out to uh, cause Oh, Oh, I got one.
2: Ain't nothing new. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just always the old same old shit.
3: (laughs) Yep. Uh, Yeah, so yeah.
2: Oh, here's another one. Damn shame. Because when he won the double gold, that was a damn shame.
3: Some some people thought that was a great idea. All right, I'm done. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, Evil, he came out, calls the DQ in the shingo Udro match, laid out Chingo. Yeah, I,
2: I was wondering why we were getting a singles match between these two guys. I'm like, why is this even happening? And then I was like, oh, okay, it's a Bullet Club
3: thing. Yeah. So, yeah, laid out Chingo, holds a title over his head. They're building up to their uh, title match. Then the main event, we had the never-open-weight six-man tag team titles on the line. Goto, Ishii, and Yoshihashi defended and defeated the LIJ team of Bushi, Sonata, and Tetsuya Naito. And we had a question from ready user MitchMM22. What do you guys think the chances of Yoshihashi and Goto winning the tag belts at the upcoming Dome shows are... I don't know about y'all, but I would go crazy for Yoshihashi Two Belts, the man who didn't win a title for 12 years, become a double champ, and maybe even challenges for a singles title. Do you think that's something we could see? Is it something you'd want to see?
2: I don't know what the chances are, because it feels like we've done a lot of hot potato with those IWGP heavyweight titles recently, but if they won, I too would go like so hard. like I would freak out, and... <laughs> It's just so crazy. Like this is a show where I literally had multiple bits about how much I hated Yoshihashi. I buried him relentlessly on the show. And this title run, which has literally lasted over a calendar year now at this point, has completely changed mine and many people's perception of him and you know, this this team is so good that like they had me really into Bushi this week. Which is like crazy.
3: Yeah, that's something to mention. The build-up to this match, there were several interactions with uh, Bushi and Tomohiro Ishii. These guys going at it post-match, Ishii ripping off uh, Bushi's mask, uh, cut a great promo in the back saying, you know, Bushi, you you spend so much time working on these masks and picking which mask you're going to pick. You need to worry about your fight, your in-ring. Like, <laughs> this mask is just a rag. So <laughs> hilarious Ishii promo of the year. Uh, also,
2: boy. every every time Ishii and Bushi like went head to head, I was just like, "This man's a junior. <laughs> he needs to be in the best of the Super Juniors. <laughs> he needs to be the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> like that's what needs to be happening."
3: Is that the revelation you were uh, going to tell us about that you had?
2: No. Oh no no no. Oh yeah. Ha- so this is my revelation. Uh, this will probably change once G1 happens, but right now, as it stands. I don't think that come award season, if we were to stop the calendar year right now, I don't think we could possibly have a competent wrestler of the year contender category without actually nominating the Chaos Six Man Trio as one of the top candidates for wrestler of the year. We've Mm. talked about it in the past. We've talked about, you know, when uh, the Young Bucks were on an incredible tear, literally nominating them as one of the wrestlers of the year. Like, there's very few singles wrestlers that have had a better string of matches this year than the Chaos Never six-man tag team. And when you also couple together not just the six-man tags they've had, but also the singles matches that they've had in conjunction to those feuds, it puts them over the top. Like, they've got to be one of the top contenders for Wrestler of the Year. They wouldn't win it, but they'd have to be nominated.
3: Yeah, I mean, G1 season is upon us. So, I mean, that that could change very quickly as we lead into G1 and in, in dome season. I mean, definitely top candidate for tag team of the year. But, yeah, their consistent work could. Yeah, there there is an argument for them as a, a straight-up wrestler of the year candidate.
4: I think they've got tag team of the year locked up, right? I mean. Uh, you'd be surprised. I think there are some,
2: like, you know, ardent dangerous techers fans out there that are gonna vote yeah they're they're the higher profile tag team
4: depends on how yeah the rest of the year this has been a really important run and really like notable it's kind of oftentimes in new japan's the only thing that's happening is the never six man thing is is still going v9 i mean like long matches sure we know that right um I don't hear anybody
2: complaining about them having the long matches. No,
4: it's but it's Techers that gets the complaints. The, the, yeah, the nor- it, they, the regular tags. Yeah,
2: it, it's almost everybody that gets that complaint across the board. But you never hear anyone
4: being like, "Oh yeah, this Chaos Six man, they need to cut down these." Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I my Twitter gimmick is is every time they have a six man match, I post that it's the it's the longest never openweight (laughs) six-man championship match of all time and like you know three or four times i've gotten to make that make that tweet this year and uh including in about 10 minutes or so i'll probably just throw this one up or whatever but because this was the longest ever never six-man match but um and you know you start to get the who asked for this tweets (laughs) tweet <laughs> like, not you you probably didn't watch so you know, whatever deal with it but um they've had a hell of a run and and honestly like the the lij matches have been really fun um yeah. you know i think that i think that they bring a certain um elevation to the to the titles too just by getting involved you know
3: yeah, I mean, this, their run has just been an incredible. Solid matchup, especially, you know, you, you mentioned getting the one on one stuff. Like, you look at the third gen versus Chaos feud and the singles matches we got from that rivalry. And yeah, this team's just been on fire. This was another great title match. I really enjoy this matchup. And, you know, I don't mind the 30 plus on their matches because you have six guys that are coming in and out. They're usually pretty fast paced. Um, I mean, it's, it's Ishii and Goto, in they're um, doing their thing. And then Yoshihashi's been, you know, on a new level as well since winning these titles. So these guys are all solid. And then they're usually facing off against really solid guys as well. I mean, you had Tanada and Naito here, and then Bushi really stepped his game up with his, you know, little mini feud of Ishii in, in this run. So it's just really good action for, for the 30 minutes.
2: One one of those nights, there was a, a spot where Ishii was challenging Bushi to, like, fire up and... Bushi's hitting him with forearms and then fucking Ishii grabs him by the throat and, um, like, Bushi throws it down, goes to hit him. He, like, ducks under it. When he comes up, Bushi grabs him by the throat. He throws down um, Bushi's arm. He goes to throw throw an elbow and he catches Ishii first and Ishii just crumbles to the ground like this <laughs> delayed, bumbling sound. I'm like, oh my god, this guy Ishii, like... He's got me into fucking Bushi now, and I don't even like Bushi. Like, this is how good he is. It's so crazy.
4: I mean, they tried to murder Ishi for the like the whole back half of that match. Yeah, like they tried to make it believable that Ishi was going to get pinned by Bushi, like. And there was they, he they... hit him with the
2: uh, he hit him with the MX off the top rope and like he wasn't gonna kick out like and, and Goto had to come in and save it. I was like, <laughs> yes. oh my
3: god. Yeah, I mean, and Bushi has a history of beating heavyweights. He, he beat Bad Luck Fale a couple times. So Zach, yeah, he had Saber, yeah.
2: And you know he's one of probably the most decorated six man tag team champions prior to this run.
4: He ha- he holds the individual record for having held it the most days.
2: Yeah, that's why we got Chris here. See,
4: <laughs> yeah, I, would I know. can organize Excel <laughs> tables.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, any other thoughts here on this uh, never six man unit in this matchup?
2: It, it needs to never end. It needs to go on and on forever.
4: <laughs> we were—I was talking about this in the Voices Wrestling chat, and someone's like, "Well, what's next?" And I was like, "Well, probably the G one." Like I think that this is this does kind of put a pause on it. Like there's no one else left. And then I also said they just they're gonna hold it in perpetuity and forget about it for a little while and then eventually come back with something fun in probably three or four months.
3: But but there is somebody left. United Empire.
4: United
2: Empire's on the on the horizon so and it, re- oh if you wrestle kingdom's not far away, so if you can get Hanare
3: yeah. into the country, Hanare, Cobb and Ocon, run it. Oh, that could be fun.
2: They're probably going to win it. That's going to be the team that probably beats them. It's got to be. Nice. Well, I think that's going to do it for this discussion, right?
3: Yeah, and then you already mentioned the the post-match angle that's going to lead to some kind of strap match that we're going to get at the uh, dome show between Chase Owens and Yano. Now, here's
2: my only thing. They might do just a strap match, but that would seem so weird if they completely were doing the the stuff about making the guy quit and then just totally pivot from that and go back to the strap with, you know, no story elements prior to, to like, today's show.
3: Yeah, that that would be weird. So, but they haven't made an official announcement since we've spent a lot of assumptions based off of Chase Owens' real, uh, post-match promo. So, I'm sure we'll get some kind of official announcement on what the actual, mm-hmm. what type of strap match it'll be. Uh, So, well, some- Quick news items here to just run through real quick So um, in recent week New Japan has proceeded with their Workplace vaccination program For wrestlers and staff residing in Japan All participating staff members And wrestlers in the program have now received Both vaccine doses So uh, that's awesome news there Uh, We found out where Yotosuji Will be going on excursion So Yotosuji will be going to RevPro Saturday, September 4th Making his uh, Rev Pro debut there, then on tonight's episode of AEW Dark we had Hikaleo making his second AEW appearance, and then for AAW Wrestling Destination Chicago Thursday September second Logan Square Auditorium Juice Robinson will be making his return to AAW. Nice. So now we just have some uh, other questions here and then a uh, recommended match of the weekend. We can get out of here. So first from uh, Reddit user Grunty Dodds, he says, soon Russ Taylor is going to be available again. Would you like to see him back with Team Filthy or is five members enough for the stable?
2: Uh, I mean, it, I, I like Russ Taylor a lot. So if if he does come back, great. Uh, I I don't think it would be good for him to be in that stable again because that's just kind of like retreading old water. Like, I don't know. Um, but as far as like getting him back in New Japan, I mean, sure, why not? You know, although there's a lot of talent out there now, you know? So that's the only thing.
4: Yeah, I think it was disappointing to see him go to NXT at the time considering he was kind of just building a... Uh, foundation around kind of the top tier of U.S. I guess you could call that independent work, right? If you're not actually contracted and signed. So, um, and then he got buried and released. Um, so I would assume we'll see him back in some capacity, even if it's just for a, you know, one of these double shots in Texas or Philly or you know whatever lines up with his no compete. I think. Um, there are, I know that there are people in the New Japan U.S. office that really like him. So um, he'll land on his feet. He'll be fine. Um, as for the Team Filthy thing, it depends on how invested you want to get with him. Um, probably depends on um, and kind of what you want to do with that unit and how stable you want that unit to be. Because we've talked earlier that it there's ever-moving pieces.
2: It's like a band, you know, where like – there are certain bands where it's like named after like the front man and it's just his band and like all kinds of different people can come in and out of it. Like as long as team, as long as Filthy's there, it's always going to be team filthy. The rest of those guys, it, it could be anybody, you know, team filthy could be any collection of any guys.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd love to see Russ Taylor back on strong. Um, you could do a storyline of him trying to earn his way back into uh, team filthy, and eventually, just leads to him not being able to cut it, and he, you know, joins like the strong Hon Tai group and fights against Team Filthy, or maybe he does eventually get his way back into Team Filthy. Uh, I'm not, I'm not against if they, they do have six guys in there. I mean, traditional New Japan factions seem to have a lot of guys in there, so I mean, I don't think it would hurt having him those guys. Next question from uh, Viking Payne says, I remember reading on The Observer that the Tokyo Dome will be undergoing renovations that could affect Wrestle Kingdom 16. If that's the case, do you see them hosting the show at a different location or maybe even in a different country? Wrestle Kingdom 16 at Madison Square Garden sounds real nice.
2: I heard they're doing three nights this year.
3: (laughs) Triple Dome Dash.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or Quadruple Dome, you know, quad, four nights. Boom, 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 boom.
4: You got the U.S. title, the never title, strong <laughs> overweight title, and <laughs> no, no, no. the, the world K- 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 o- weight KOPW. You, you got to put them all together, and then you're never going to separate them. Oh, man. And you're going to carry carry around four belts because, you know, in, and a trophy. Japan they have, in all Japan, they have three belts. And in New Japan, we need to have four.
2: Bro, they don't even have three anymore. They, you know, they're fucking weak. They trade <laughs> it all in for one belt. You know? <laughs>
4: Except when they did that goofy, uh,
2: that three-way kind of match gauntlet kind of thing. Yeah, there's there have been a few times where they'll they'll bring out the replicas. Yeah, you know, for a special occasion, and it's like, don't don't try to make it fancy. You got one belt, okay? I thought it was cool. <laughs>
4: um, I did hear about the Tokyo Dome situation. I I didn't ask, I haven't asked anyone anything about it, but it would it'd be real weird to run January 4th somewhere else. Um, I don't think they would do it in America. Like, I don't think I've Madison square garden. That does sound real nice. I would probably be there. Um, like, yeah, I'd definitely be there, but that seems so unlikely. Yeah. They're, they, they would figure out something else to do, but like I said, I haven't, I haven't, I didn't dig in. I should just ask Dave.
2: I'm wondering if, like, the next best alternative would be, like, Saitama. Sure. Although, like, I think one of the big reasons they don't run Saitama is the exorbitant costs. And it's been a money loser for them in the past. But I'm like, that's, like, the one big building that they have run, but they don't regularly run. And it's right there. And it would be – that would be pretty prestigious for them to run that building for that event. That would be, like, the one – um, replacement that I think would be like, people would be like, oh, shit, they're running Saitama Super Arena. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing it not be in Japan. I feel like, yeah, they would they'd find a bigger building, find a big building in Japan to run it in.
2: They could do another dome, but I mean, I don't know. I think part of the reason the Tokyo Dome is so appealing is that it's in Tokyo.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, His next question, it says, who from the recent WWE releases would you like to see have a run in New Japan or New Japan Strong? I think Bronson Reed would be a great addition for Strong.
2: Dude, there are really so many people. I don't even, like, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who does and doesn't work for them anymore.
3: <laughs> uh, let's see if I could find a list of the recent Releases. I know there was obviously Bronson Reed, uh, Leon Ruff, Bobby Fish, former IWGB Junior Tag Team Champion, um, Jake Jake Atlas.
2: Most of those guys I'd say, I guess, but not really. But like, Jonah Rock makes a lot of sense considering his Noah ties, considering the Australia tours that he did with New Japan and they were interested in signing him prior to him jumping to NXT. So um plus like his style of work would really lend itself well to the house style of new japan
4: he's the only one on on the list that i'm looking at that i'm like yeah sure come on down like everyone else is fine but i think that they just like probably land on aew dark and the indies for a little while yeah they're they're in uh uh, there's a Alex Zane, who was on Strong oh, before sure. he
3: left, so they could potentially bring him don't back. Don't you mean Ari Sterling? Yeah, Ari, Ari Sterling. Uh, there is um, Asher Hale, the uh, former, I um, don't his name. He's a team with J.D. Drake. Anthony Henry, what's his uh, indie name? He's back on scene. He's somebody really good that I, I would, wouldn't mind seeing on Strong. Wasn't he going to retire? He was, yeah. But huh. Man, but, that's gotta suck. But he says he's you know hitting the indie scenes, and so I, I could. It'd be great to see him. got get a shot on strong. I think he's really. Josh and I have seen him all the time here in uh, Florida and FIP and some other indies, and so he, he's really good.
2: Yeah, he's all right. Uh <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just playing. Um, yeah, no, I mean Alex Zane makes a lot of sense as well. I think he's a guy that could do. I mean, he wanted the whole thing was he wanted to work in New Japan but he couldn't get into Japan and there is no guarantee of down the line. And, you know, it, we're in the middle of a pandemic. People took the guaranteed money. It makes sense. So,
3: yeah. Uh, we we'll move on to questions from Dom Homi One-on-one is "If WWE releasing talent every other week. When will we see Kushida and Nakamura back in a new Japan ring? And how would you guys book both guys return? <laughs> oh man. That's a,
2: that's a wormhole question.
3: <laughs> I
1: mean,
2: how would I book the return of like two of my favorite guys ever? Like, uh, I don't know. Scrap a rocket
4: to them. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I think with Kushida, I would make him a heavyweight. I'd bring him in as, I would not put him in the junior division ever again. I'd bring him back and I'd have him work with the big boys. Nakamura, I mean, I'd probably have him work at Naito day one. Just, yeah.
4: Yeah, Listen, a... I I haven't thought of Nakamura as these cuts are happening, but I'm sure he's getting paid pretty well, and they don't do much with him. That is a really intriguing thought, and you know you know where he would come back. He you know he's already said he wants to work Tanahashi one more time, right? Just like everyone else. Yeah. Um, but
1: <laughs> I'm I, not so I don't confident of it. I don't
4: I don't you, don't you don't think he would come back. No. You don't think they'd have him back?
2: Uh, I think they'd have him back in a heartbeat. I think, yeah. I think, I think that like he made this really big life decision for his family to move to America, and they made they planted themselves here. Now, could they all move back to Japan? Sure. Could he live here and work in Japan? Like Kenton, them Kenta, sure, right? Um, but I mean, I think that for the money and the work and the output. If I I was Tony, there's no way New Japan would be able to get him from me if I was Tony Khan. There's just no way that that would ever happen. If I was Tony Khan, I would shell out big bucks and I would sign him and that'd probably be like the ideal situation for all parties involved. Like, I don't think he's ever coming back.
3: Well, I don't know. The the forbidden door is open, so he he can sign with
2: Plus, Yeah. Plus, there's that. The forbidden door is open, so it's not like if he was signed there, he couldn't come work Japan. But
4: And do like a do a cycle, right? Can you imagine at I, this age, like, his body, like, doing, like, one of these tours? Like, I don't know if he could do it still. So. AEW's a, a promo company, though, too. I mean, so I would be really curious to see. Now we're in a rabbit hole of what happens to <laughs> when he gets cut. <laughs> but I would be very curious to see what happens, what would happen with him in a company like AEW that is so strong with promo. It's not saying he can't cut a promo, but I mean like that's a really meaningful thing for their particular promotion with, you know, that's I mean, true. We're, we're even seeing it with Andrade kind of unable to get himself over because he doesn't cut a great promo.
2: Yeah. But it's not like Andrade was like lighting the world up on fire in, in Spanish when he was La Sombra, you know, no. that wasn't,
4: that wasn't his deal, you know? Like, but that's I, that's 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 what I mean. Like is Nakamura could he get over without speaking? I don't know. In, Pen- in the mix of of all the guys we know are well we, we know are likely coming in, right?
2: Pentagon and Phoenix yes. seem
4: to be doing just fine.
2: They're also a, a managerial territory. Sure. I mean you align him with the right group, you give him the right mouthpiece, you let him cut promos that are not scripted because the guy can speak English. Sure. And he's got literally the most charisma of probably any wrestler I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't know. I think he'd be totally fine.
3: How do we get
4: <laughs> Nakamura cut from WWE?
3: <laughs> does, any, does anybody have uh, Nick Khan's phone number? We can
4: and like some contract information about Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, you
3: guys realize you're paying Nakamura way too much money.
4: (laughs) To to surf, mostly. To team up with with, uh,
3: Rick Boogs on SmackDown.
4: (laughs) I
2: I, I am wondering if he can still go at the kind of level that we would, you know, hope to see out of him, to be honest.
4: Maybe he's a Tanahashi type where he's worked it out in a way that he's still a great wrestler, even though it's not quite the same level or pace.
2: Well, i don't put it past him i'm just right. one i'm wondering if that's the case or not
4: i'd love to see it i'd love to see it try because we're not going to see him try on smackdown in a three-minute match with sheamus or whatever yeah
2: i th- I think like the best main roster work i've seen him have was like with rusev on mm-hmm.
3: a few occasions mm-hmm. yeah sure if he did come straight to new japan i think it would be kind of cool to have him like take back the, the, the reins of chaos like kind of you know blame okada for chaos like kind of going off the rails and teaming with hontai and like this was not my vision for chaos and just kind of like take back no action
4: sure but he also shows up with the white belt over his arm
1: mm. and he's giving
4: he's, he's given it to himself and it exists again <laughs> well you know what that like that's one of those
2: things where like if if uh some other like fan would have said this i would have been like you know that's some mark shit but like there's so much precedent for that sort of thing happening in new japan in the past the NWF title, Mm -hmm. namely, you know, like, that's not beyond, like, the realm of possibility at all. Um, Oh, my God, yeah. Have him come come through and be like, yo, not only did you mistreat my baby the entire time I was gone, you fucking lost her. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would have him come back, and the first thing I'd have him do is just beat the shit out of Togi Makabe, because (laughs) old country beat.
3: (laughs) Uh, Last two questions are Fight questions for you young boy He asked thoughts on Errol Spence Jr. Having to pull out of his mega fight against Manny Pacquiao due to to Torn retina in his left eye
2: Yeah it's super disappointing Um, You know that fight I've got it marked in my calendar and It's the same night as SummerSlam and I was like Oh god I don't know what I'm going to do that night Because like my girlfriend's like a really big John Cena fan and so I know she's going to want to watch SummerSlam but like Pacquiao and Spence was, like, one of the biggest fights of the year. Now it's not happening. They are moving forward with Pacquiao fighting uh, some, some, someone else. I, I, the guy he's fighting I literally have never seen before. I'm not familiar with, even though he's a champion. So, I don't know. Very disappointed. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the fight's never going to happen at this point probably, so it sucks. Yeah. <laughs>
3: He also asks, Youngboy, can you break down a fight between Shane Sugar Mosley and Felix Tito Trinidad?
2: Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I think it really depends on where it happened and when it happened. Um, these hypotheticals are always tough because, you know, it's like, what are we talking here? Are we talking prime versus prime? Are we talking about a particular time in history like 1997, 1998, 2001? You know, what what... Specifically, is it but um, I'm pretty sure Shane Mosley would piece up Tito as much as I love Felix Trinidad. I mean, I look at what uh, I look at what Oscar was able to do to, to Tito in what was that 99 2000. I look at what uh, B Hop was able to do to him, and like Shane Mosley at that point in time, like, was a better. He was a sharper, faster, crisper boxer and bigger puncher than De La Hoya was at that weight. I don't know. I think he'd probably – I think Tito would be game, but um, I don't know. I don't think he touches Shane, honestly. I think Shane probably gets him out of there in like nine, ten. And that's, that's something crazy because I, I give Tito the nod in most welterweight head-to-head fights because he was that great, especially in his prime. But man, I don't know. That's a tough one.
3: All right. Well, that wraps up the questions. Going to end. I will here. say
2: this: 154. I don't know if it's the same story. I don't know if if muscular Shane Mosley at 154 can beat Tito Trinidad at 154 in his prime. I don't know. All
3: right. So now let's move on to a recommended match of the week. So last week I recommended for you, young boy Hiroshi Tanahashi verse. The American Wolf, Davey Richards, from the 2011 Invasion Attack Tour attack on East Coast. What do you think about this matchup?
2: Yeah, uh, this was pretty cool. Um, obviously, there was no commentary, but, you know, seeing, like, Davy Richards, like, one of the guys that I liked the most from that time period, but also, like, one of the most hated wrestlers to, like— just his reputation with other workers is that he's literally one of the worst um, people to work with. And like, he's like universally hated by most wrestlers Um, to kind of see him go out there in his prime. Like that's in that like era where he was on top of ring of honor and like just doing the best work of his career and seeing him go up against Tanahashi as IWGB champion is like, like very surreal. And it's in such a strange setting because I mean, there's, Maybe a few hundred people, maybe not even at that show. Um, the, when the match started, I really hated the crowd. The crowd—it was one of those super indie, smart crowds that like were just like, "We're gonna get our chance over no matter what," and they're not really paying attention to what's going on in the ring. But then when once uh, Tanahashi and Davy Richards started working their story which was, you know, revolved around leg work, you know, Tanahashi's matches having leg work. That's crazy. I know, but that's what, what it was here. And like Tanahashi gave Davy Richards a lot. Davy was like, you know, the, the heel on top and really just put the screws to Tanahashi, a lot of cutting him off. Um, very fa- fast paced. The match wasn't long at all. Um, I think that they probably could have had a much better match in, a better environment and giving a little bit extra time. But for what it was, I mean, I don't know. They, pro- I think this was somewhere between like 13, 16 minutes and easy four star match. Easy. And, um, seeing Tanahashi go out there and like have a, on the road, you know, sort of de facto defense against, uh, Dave Richards. It was just, it was awesome. And also the funny part was like, I was watching this and, uh, I hit up a good friend of the show, Damon McDonald. And I was like, yo, were you at this show? He's like, yeah, I was front row. And I was like, is that you right there? And he's like, "Yeah, it's me." <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. But um, yeah, big recommend. This is a, a super hidden gem. I mean, I knew it happened kind of, but I never saw it. And I there's no reviews for it online at all. Like, no one's ever talked about it. There's nothing. Like, there's hardly any cage match. Like, so if you've never seen Tanahashi, Davey Richards, it's a quick watch, and um, it's like just really cool to kind of see the early start of like the u.s expansion even back then so yeah big recommend
3: nice so uh, chris it's uh, up on you for the recommended match for the week
4: well i want to do something uh, ties back to resurgence uh so i go to los angeles and i think kenny omega versus tomohiro Ishii. didn't we just do that one did you Uh, i'm not on the show every week
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we did. I think we did that. That was a couple of weeks ago.
4: Well, all right. Give me a sec then. <laughs> Find something else here. No, <laughs> no, that uh, match. That match sucks.
2: <laughs> this is funny because Jeremy never does this, but I do this all the time. So it's like, it's kind of funny that like uh, to experience someone else, like picking the match live on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I thought I had a good one. No, you did. It was really great when we reviewed it. Like, yeah, two years is, ago. it's a great. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I've told you how I listened to your show. I listen to all of it except for the last twenty minutes, usually. Because, because
2: you, you don't want to hear when Dom Homie 101 one asks me about Errol Spence Junior. Right?
4: <laughs> I lo- listen. I love boxing, so I'll listen to that all day. But oh, well, then what were your thoughts, bro? You could have asked answer these questions. That's your I, segment, man. It's not my segment. It's <laughs> it's all of our segment. Let's see. Is the Strong Style Evolved Jay White versus Hangman Page from Long Beach, California? Is that – was that we, on tape? Did that make tape? You already did that one too? No, we did no, not. No, we, we did not. We did not do it. It did make
2: tape. It, uh, we, we've seen it. We would. If you want to give that as the recommended match, we will review it, re-review it for sure.
4: I want to do that, yeah, because Hangman's hot right now. Jay White's oh. – jay white's interesting and it happened in long beach and i'll be in long beach this time next week poignant there you go i did it there we go that's <laughs> a good one. one picked one on the air Three twenty-five eighteen. 18 uh, you know what's funny too day. is like when we
2: when we've watched that match at the time because the show was you know going when that happened i remember us both being like this feels like an early like you know crossroads type of match you know you look back to some of those like rock and uh Triple H type early like IC matches And you're like down the road you're going to look Back at this and be like this was kind of like A, a pivotal match you know mm-hmm. So yeah. it's Kind of coming true
3: Yeah both guys in, in top Spots in their promotions so Yeah I'm, I'm very interested to watch this match Back now
2: well, well, well one of them's in a Top
4: spot one of them's in the mud They're both A little mixed up yeah Right nah. they're both kind of Kinda in the top spot.
2: Jay's on top, and uh, Jay's on Hang- top,
4: but he's stuck in a different country.
2: Yeah, but Hangman's in the mud. He got he fucking lost his title shot, and <laughs> then he got jumped out of the company. Like, and he's going home. This guy's a loser.
3: Turned his back on his uh, cult friends. No, One- his
2: cult, his cult friends. Yeah, he turns back on them. Yeah, Hangman's a
4: hoe, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he's front of mind. That's all you can ask in wrestling. Oh man! Well, Well, I guess
2: the next time we do the show, we'll have already been to California and back.
3: Yeah, who knows? Maybe we might do some special audio. I was gonna
2: say we doing a live special.
3: I don't know. I'm bringing my uh, little mini recorder I just bought, or we, we can do some audio.
2: Megan asked me if I wanted to bring her camera. I was like, "What for?" But do I need? Should I bring her camera? Like, I don't know if that's something we need for the show. I don't know.
3: I mean, mean, we're we're three uh, very good looking guys. I'm sure people wouldn't mind seeing the three of us on some kind of a camera format.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about all that.
3: (laughs) Podcasting's cutest uh, trio.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sam's is on the show like so much. He needs to get like equity in the podcast
4: at some point. No, I'm just a guest. I'm a guest everywhere. You're, you're, what, the, what?
3: You're, you're the official third man of keeping the strong style.
4: <laughs> I when when you guys when you guys are done with the IWGP Heavyweight Tags and you want to go after those never six man trios, you know you know who to call. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we could, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it means you know. It means you, I'm your third wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be your third wheel in LA too, probably. Hey, I'm, some I'm of the time.
3: Looking looking forward to hanging out. Yes, yeah, actually meeting you in person for the first time, yeah, this yeah. weekend. That'll be dope. But yeah. We gotta
2: figure out. Oh yeah, guys, if you've made it this far into the show, if you're listening and you have any recommendations about things to do in Los Angeles, uh, we do not have a lot of time there. We literally got some a Friday, some a Saturday, and then we're going home. But if you've got food recommendations or things that are like you have to go do this. Shoot them to us. Let us know so we can, uh, you know, do some cool shit while we're out there, I guess. We're going to be in Koreatown, or at least me and Jeremy will be.
4: I don't have a hotel booked for the first two nights of my trip, so. Why, why don't you come stay where we are? I don't, maybe I will. Yeah, okay.
3: You're more than welcome, I don't know. man.
4: So, I mean, whatever. We're this far into well, the well, show. Well, I'll well, just say it all well, in the air. No, I like I'm sticking around. I'm going to the Long Beach show. So I have my my ho- my wife booked hotels for the second two nights because she was she's coming out for the second two nights and she's a she likes nice hotels. And I was like, I don't really care where I stay. So I'll figure it out later. And and now I'm like three days from leaving and I <laughs> still haven't figured it out. Well, until, well, but- well our
2: place looks um it's not, it's not fancy, but it's, it looks pretty nice for the I mean, price. It's just a bed, right? Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah but it, it's, yeah, yeah.
4: We'll talk, we'll talk off air. Yeah, we'll, we, not, we
2: We're not, we're not going to give it away because <laughs> you know these listeners, yeah. have
3: the, yeah. these kiss marks, you know. Yeah, you know.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to relax when I'm out there. I don't want to be walking out the door and
4: <laughs> the autographs. I, I don't personally need restaurant recommendations because I will be eating in and out uh and ruining my my diet and i but But that's that's one meal are you no i'm exclusively eating in and out burger are you serious no (laughs) Uh, i was like
2: (laughs) i was like we're gonna be in koreatown like i mean i
4: might go
2: twice (laughs) (laughs) but like tokyo's there like i was like there's gonna be like some really great ramen and and stuff like that that out there
1: yeah
3: but yeah, guys, uh, stay tuned to the feed. We'll probably do some some, some kind of exclusive audio that will drop on the feed with the three of us there live from California. And uh, next week, we'll be back to review Resurgent. So if you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and click on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. Make sure you connect with us on social media. The show is at K I strong style on Twitter. The network is at social suplex. You can follow me at Jeremy L Donovan. You can follow Chris at the Chris Samsa, Right? Yep. Yep. Uh, that's the one. And then facebook.com slash social suplex is where we're at. There also in the wrestling square circle, Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash wrestling squared circle on Reddit on the pro black guy. Just keeping a strong style. Email me, jeremy at socialsuplex.com Make sure you check out all the other shows That we have here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network One Action Radio hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd The Grave Consequences Podcast with Caleb and Maserati 8-Bit Suplex with Josh, number two All Things Elite with Floyd and Austin And The Great Match Generator with Danny Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review And we will catch you next week On Keeping It Strong Style The Ace Of podcasts. Itchy.
4: bun. Thank you for listening to keeping it strong style. We'll
1: see you next time.